Any suggestions, Admiral? Prayer, Mr. Savick. The Klingons don't take prisoners. Lights. Mars off! Captain? Trainees, to the briefing room. Position, heal thyself. Is that all you gotta say? What about my performance? I'm not a drama critic. Well, Mr. Savick, are you gonna stay with the sinking ship? Permission to speak candidly, sir. Granted. I don't believe this was a fair test of my command abilities. And why not? Because there was no way to win. A no-win situation is a possibility every commander may face. Has that never occurred to you? No, sir. It is not. How we deal with death is at least as important as how we deal with life, wouldn't you say? As I indicated, Admiral, that thought had not occurred to me. Well, now you have something new to think about. Carry on. <laughs> I like that. Now you have something new to think about. Um, that was Kirstie Alley in that was uh, the, the Wrath of Khan. Beginning yeah. of Kirstie Alley. Nicholas uh, Meyer very proudly. I went to a Q&A with Nicholas Meyer once and he very proudly asserted that he discovered, <laughs> he discovered her. Kirstie. He was still very, very, well, he wasn't joking. Like he was like, very, very proud of finding her. Well, um, he should be. And that's uh, obviously Wrath of Khan, which is an all-timer. But uh, yeah. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. Kirstie Alley. You um, know, uh, Jess and I binged all of Cheers right when the pandemic started. That's pretty cool. That was kind of our... I'd like um, to do that. Yeah, that was our comfort food old show that sure. we had never been through. And my parents loved it and her sure. parents loved it. And it speaks volumes. I don't know of any other show that really did this. I'm sure there are some, but... You know, the first five seasons of that show are all about, I mean, they're, it's the bar, obviously, but it's um, the the female lead, Diane, mm -hmm. is, and it's kind of like Sam and Diane. Right. And then to have her exit the show at the height of the show, and then for them to go another six seasons <laughs> and sort of reinvent it yeah. around Kirstie Alley's dynamic with... Uh, with Sam, you know what I mean? With the main, is that what like, happened? As the two leads. Yeah. That's kind of how it, I mean, they're the central figures of it. It's obviously the whole bar, but sure. Uh, and there's a lot of great supporting characters. That's why it's an all time show, but um, it, it's, it's really impressive because people, I guess maybe not as much today, but at the time I remember people debating like, Oh, are, are you team Kirstie Alley or team? You know, I mean? it was see. like, it was like, which, yeah. and to come in secondary, and have that reinvention and then run even longer yeah. and have people debating which one was better. It's pretty impressive. After it was like yeah. the number one hit show is, uh, I think, speaks volumes. The other thing I wanted to mention real quickly, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and this was before Kirstie Alley passed away. And they were saying that you, Star Trek Undiscovered Country, Star Trek VI, sure. um, the the goal, the idea, what they wanted was to bring Kirstie Alley back as mm. Savick and have her be the... Um, the female Vulcan character, which is played by um, Samantha from sex in the city. Now Kim Cattrall. Oh, really? And to have, think about the dynamic of uh, Spock turning everything over the way he is yeah. to someone we've already established who also yeah. kind of brought Spock back when he was reborn in the third, in the search for Spock and was his mentor before. And then they were even alluding to the fact that they were 
low-key lovers. Right. And then she was the one that betrayed him and everything. Like, it just would have so much more power. And they did a great job. I love that movie. And Kim Cattrall does a great job. Yes, she's but excellent. When yeah. when I heard that, I was just like, wow, how much that better been one layered step, yeah. would that have been? But he only wanted to do it if he could bring back Kirstie Alley. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to do it if he could bring back. I don't want to knock the, the actress other actress. Who, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he was like not interested. So anyway. That's that really Nicholas funny. Yeah. Said, so He's anyway, the, but rest in the, the savior of Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, oh my God. I know. <laughs> um, well, welcome, everybody. This is episode 56. 56. Um, That's Jessica's lucky number. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I don't know why, but it is. Well, this should be a long one, so bear with yeah, us. 56 um, hours is our, we our got goal. The, we got the rains outside. It's yeah, very so we're rainy. just going to sit here nice and cozy. We're just going to talk movies till we'll our talk lips and fall stare off. at the Apple TV screensaver. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it should be noted that it's been a long stretch. Um, and we did a commentary right before the holidays, which was great in Star Trek generations. Check it out if you haven't heard it. But, um, also because of that, it's been a long time. We've seen a lot of movies and then also been through the holidays and then not that we're going to talk at great links about it, but the golden globes happened. So there's been a lot and and I've probably got the longest list of movies and TV that I've had. I would say, yeah, this is about (sighs) as big as it gets. And obviously the goal is to do more episodes that are shorter, but, uh, it's all about scheduling. So, uh, this is is what we can do. Sit back, relax, put it on double time. Um, yeah, we'll go for it. So welcome to 2023. Here we go. Um, Oh yeah. Welcome to 2023. We did it. New year. The year of Jordan. Um, we, yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Patrick likes numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple of tidbits real quick, uh, or actually just one real quick, uh, our, uh, good friends. I think I can say that our, our best friends over at super Yaki have moved to LA super Yaki. I just want to give them a shout out. Uh, they are not sponsoring this podcast, but, um, they make uh, movie inspired, uh, apparel. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's great for film buffs. If you're looking for a gift for someone that's really into film, um, super Yaki.com, super Y A K I dot com and um it's just, super great i just i i tend to buy patrick you know their yeah. shirts and their stickers and all and kinds i love of stuff. them all um we have their hats we have their shirts we have all kinds of stuff um but they are now in la and it's nice to see them um kind of post on their social media where they're just like because they came from uh, houston and they're like wow we have so many movie theaters here we're just constantly going <laughs> to a different movie theater and seeing new stuff and that's obviously yeah, that's our, really cool man our our you know reason for loving la too is also just that that variety of programming and our reason um, for living <laughs> yes. really i mean i don't have much yes, else yes. going on no no 100 engaged 100 oh yeah fuck, I, for, I should have started with so that that's, that's patrick a, you dick no, i'm just kidding <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't, over, even, I didn't even, I didn't even start with it. I was like, let's talk Kirstie Alley and then we'll get to the engagement. <laughs> Excuse me. No, no. Um, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Congrats, man. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I'm uh, equally excited. about. You guys have been uh, together 20 years, right? 20? Oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like 100. No, yeah. just kidding. She doesn't listen anymore. That's how long we've been together. That's why I can get away with this stuff. <laughs> hilarious. No, she yeah. may be tuning in. And if you are, Jess, I love you. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks, man. And uh, He does. He told me off the pod. Exactly. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, See, it's true. you're ride or die, Kelly. You're yeah, ride yeah, or die. Yeah. No, no. He Thanks told for me back before we even recorded. Uh, but yeah, it, it, very exciting and uh, hopefully continue to see just as many movies, even with all the planning we have ahead. Yeah, I know. That'll be very busy for you, but I'll watch movies for you. I am terrified. Um, so. <laughs> no, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, no big deal. No big deal. We're good. Um, I think we should go right into movies that we've seen since last time. Because we should. Because it's just such a, such a full list. And I do want to say that this is kind of my year-end you know, uh, kind of recap in terms of I try to see as many movies in the theater as possible. And in 20, this year? 2019, I hit 100. 
one zero. I remember zero. it was a big, big. It was a big thing. deal, and that was pre-pandemic, obviously. And we're we're at a point now where there are enough movies coming out that I could do that again. Um, do you know how many I saw this year? Yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I don't. Ninety eight. Oh, very close. Isn't that a bummer? Very I really close. wanted yeah. to. Like you know, this this kind of begs the question of like. Is it better to fall way short or you <laughs> or could so still be, close. yeah, you could still be very proud of yeah, your efforts, yeah. but it's like losing on a buzzer beater or getting blown out by yeah. 20. One's less painful, but one's more embarrassing, I think. I yes. think you've got the more painful one, but you can still be very proud. It's also funny because I had only counted 97 and then I found one more that I hadn't written down and I was like, oh man, 98. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Getting and closer see, and closer. I saw around. I think a little over 50 at theaters. Pretty good. Yeah. So not an considering you work for a living. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's AMC. I mean, I, I, I I did not give track. Maybe this year I'll try to keep track of like new Bev and stuff. Yeah. Just write them all down. Maybe once a month. So we could assume 60. You know what I mean? Like it's not a lot. It's still a really good number though. But, um, yeah, my whole goal with these, especially 59 more than most people (laughs) with my, that's true with my current. Yeah. Work situation and relationship and everything else. I try to see four a month on my movie pass. Yeah, so sure. like it breaks down to once a week. But sometimes I go to three in a week, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. two weeks I'm out. So, but that's kind of my goal. So I saw a fair amount, but not, not anything uh, as uh, impressive as that. All right. So. Well, let's get into those movies. Um, mine go as far back as the menu. Um, so do mine. Yeah. So the menu, uh, a lot of people really love the menu talking to friends and stuff. They're like, Oh, this is like one of the best of the year. Um, yeah. I was kind of mixed on it. I was like, yeah, it's good. Small. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I, I, that must have been so much fun to say for Ray Fine. Right, right, like, right. All of his lines. I think he, condiments. I think he had a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Um, a cheeseburger. i don't know okay sorry it's it was it was a good uh it was a good story and i think that's at the end of the day like we were talking about this just before we recorded that um you know that it's it's or were we i don't know talking about original movies in 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 the context of like virtually everything is a is a is a uh sequel or a superhero thing and so the menu is just like very delightful because you're like oh i don't know really what this is about or why and uh it seemed to get a lot of people out to see it and uh, i i support that it was a strong movie everybody um was good i thought in it yeah um i during the course of the movie i remember thinking to myself you know this is just not the kind of movie that i really like yeah um after being really intrigued and then by the end of the movie I was like, yeah. I feel like that was really good. Like, I, yeah. you know, but it was one of those ones where I, I have no complaint about it. No, yeah. But, but I, I definitely left being like, no, that, that was actually really strong. What's your hold up? You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know what that was, but I do, I will say it's there funny, was I a hold up. It's funny. I feel the same way. That, and that's why I think I gave it three and a half. It was like, it's yeah, not, for me as well. A, I, I landed it like three and a half for, yeah. that, for that reason. Um, did you see Devotion? I did. I actually just recently saw Devotion. I missed it in the theater. What do you think? So I watched it streaming. I thought it was good, man. I thought it was just solid. I thought it it was not anything I'm coming back to. I've seen yeah. a, an amazing amount of war movies and plane right. movies and everything. So in the scheme of those, I'm happy it came out. I enjoyed sure. it. There were there were some bits that were really moving. And of course, when you're dealing with a true story, yep. the story is very strong. The movie I felt like was good. Not, not amazing. What did you think? I would tend to agree that the story needed to be told. Um, right. And, 
Oh God, what's the guy's name that's in everything that's in that? Uh, uh, Ma- Majors. Um, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Majors. Yeah, I'm excited he's, for him in Creed. 3, oh by my the God, way. he's so excited. phenomenal. He is not to divert too much, but he is one of these actors that unfortunately has a very uh, mumbled speaking voice on yeah, film, and this is a this is kind of a, a known thing in in Hollywood that some actors. As they come up, because he's a relatively new, I mean, he's not super young, but he's also not been around for that long. Uh, You know, maybe five, six years he's been doing big stuff. Um, And uh, it's just interesting to me how, you know, it's people like Daniel Day-Lewis and whatnot that really get very serious into their roles. Yeah. And they make this choice to talk very lightly. Um, They don't project, they don't enunciate. And that's... Uh, kind of a problem, I think, in terms of uh, how the sound comes across and how the performance comes across. Sometimes it helps the performance because it feels much more dramatic and much more kind of intense. And then at other times, it's it's kind of a struggle to even understand them. Sure. sure. Um, and he doesn't have an accent or anything, but sometimes right. you're just like, what the fuck did he just say? You know, this is, you're getting <laughs> on something that I, I talk a lot about with Jess. Yeah. And it's the difference in something that is... realistic, unquestionably in terms of acting. Like if you studied that or ever been to an acting class or even read up on it, you're like, there's no false notes. You know that this guy's completely embedded. You're not questioning anything he does. No, no. He's a a phenomenal actor. The, the, a film is a presentation of reality, right? right? right. It's an art form that delivers things. You know, it's kind of like when they say, Oh, would you even want anything that was so realistic? You couldn't tell the difference. Like even when they talk about things that become, so clear and and the maybe the shots get so you know exact that it looks yeah. like something outside in a way it robs the artistry because i want something that has an artistic spin on it i don't necessarily want to look at the door on the screen i'm looking at the door of your apartment right and see the exact same thing i might want the lighting to make that look differently do you know what i mean yeah, like right. that that's all part of it to me so it, it that's kind of like when people in my opinion when people complain about something like like a Hitchcock movie or, or something. And they're like, well, you know, it's dated in the pace and everything else. I'm like the language of that movie, no matter what era you look in it, there there's a specific idea for every shot and the editing and everything else. Yeah. And it's specifically designed to key something in your brain because it's the presentation of a story as cinematically as possible. Right. You know what I mean? And like, so to me, when, when, even when people are, you know, it's the same thing with somebody mumbling. I guess that's what I'm getting yeah, at. Right. It's like you're still supposed to present it, in in my opinion, for my money, in the way that you know it's it cinematically works as a representation of something that's real, even if that means it's a little less real, right? I mean, Christopher Nolan, I feel like could take this yeah, this note in terms the king of, of this. Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, you got the exact science and you got exactly how mumbled this would be, yeah, in, you right. know, in Bane's mask. However when we're going to it, we're not living it. We want to see it. And, and I could make this argument too, as, as, as popular or in the early two thousands as the jostled camera fighting was right. Oh yeah. Lose the geography completely. Oh, it's like you're there. And it's like, yeah, but I actually want to see what's going on. I I came to the movie to watch the geography (laughs) on screen. That's a good example because it, it, it's one of those things that you kind of don't know how it's going to affect people's interpretation, but also their kind of opinion and like how, how much fun they have watching it until after the fact. And it's, it's a bummer because people like Chris Nolan, you know, they just are like very egocentric. They're very, you know, uh, they're wrapped up in their own thing. So they're not taking that note. Some people probably are, 
Um, it's understanding when I'm, you've I'm been very really biased. successful why you would feel that way, but it's still... I'm recording dialogue on set, the little bit that I've done on short content, it's like you have to project so that the microphone can pick you up. Microphones... Yeah. Yeah. You know, microphones can't pick up everything. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. we're we're sitting at microphones and we have them right at our mouth. Right. When was the last time you saw on screen a microphone in someone's mouth? Sure. That doesn't sure. happen. Where is the microphone? Sure. You don't see it. Yeah. It's not that close to their mouth. Yeah. Um, if if you're mumbling, uh, it, you know, it makes it really really difficult. And so that's the whole thing of like, oh, okay, is this an art form or is it a collaborative technical medium? Exactly. And it is a exactly. it is both. But unfortunately, you can't have only one. You know, you, yeah. you have to have both. Well, I totally um, agree with you. And to this is going back a ways, and not to stay on a big long tangent because I know we got a lot of movies. But yeah. when we were tour guides at Sony, I don't know about you, the number one thing complaint that I would get from everyone who came in was, yeah. "I can't always hear it." You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like it would be just a, a very and there's a lot to that. There's yeah. some other things to consider. And we've talked about that, but it on would the still before, be that. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to bring up because it's just one of my favorite stories was when some dude from somewhere. <laughs> Um, I was trying to explain to him fully and you know how we record sound and dialogue and you're mixing everything together and he raised his hand and very earnestly said, um, how come it's not like with my video camera where the microphone's on the camera? And I was like, well, I was like, you know, that, that is certainly a way to record sort of, you know, what's for, and I tried to use an example of why that wouldn't work, you know, which yeah, is, right. have you ever filmed something at the beach where all you hear is <laughs> the wind yeah, right. hitting the microphone and everything else? And he was like, right, but it's one thing. And I was like, well, it's mounted on your camera. I was like, but the sound is being recorded through the microphone uh, and then the video is being, he's like, no, it's all being recorded together. <laughs> and it was clear that I was never going to get through on that but yeah, it right. still remains one of my favorite stories because he was trying he, to make the case that recording into camera directly make more sense because it was simpler or something he like actually that. didn't even understand that sound is recorded differently than image right 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 like well, most was, people are yeah not. sure yeah, sure yeah. but it was one of my favorite exchanges because there was nothing i could say and he left knowing that his video camera worked better than everything in Hollywood, right, right, he's right. been working towards. He's like, I don't for, know. This, he would not take this it. handicap. Works he would pretty not well take it me. on faith. I, I mean, know. I was like, all I can tell you, sir, I don't know if I'm good enough yeah. technically to explain the rest of it any further than I have. But these people do this for a living, and yada yada. And he he did not buy it. So it's one of my favorite moments. That's anyway. funny. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's next on your list? Let's kind of back and forth. So yeah, let me kind of uh, yeah uh, rattle off the next thing here. I'm trying to go to the furthest back. Yeah, that right. I saw. So. Uh, in addition to the menu, I also saw Triangle of Sadness. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I think I mentioned it on the previous podcast. Oh, I that's saw right, it quite a while ago. That's right. But what um, did you think about that? Remind so me. This, it's been a yeah, the the, <laughs> the uh, gist of it was that I thought it was incredibly clever and incredibly well written, and I didn't enjoy it so much as yeah. I very much appreciated the movie when it's over. I was kind of like. Eh, I didn't necessarily care about the ending as much. It didn't. It didn't kind of stick it, it for me. I didn't yeah. leave with as good a feeling as I had maybe earlier in the movie in the first and second act. But at the same time, um, I thought it was incredibly smart and um, and well crafted. It's a, you know a truly weird original story. And again, I just yeah, support it offhand because of that. What was interesting though is that, um, like I said, my enjoyment level wasn't super high when watching it. I wasn't like, ah, yeah, this is great. 
whereas Lori loved it so much, and she was mm. said that her whole theater was laughing hysterically through the whole movie, wow. and her included. And I was like, no one laughed in my. I mean, there there are jokes that land, sure, sure. but in terms of it being a comedy, an outright comedy where you're laughing throughout, I was like, no, absolutely not. That was not the experience I had. I took it as a as a as a drama that had comedic real life elements sure. that you laughed out of discomfort uh, rather than. Uh, anything else, and um, and the, you know, and there are there are jokes. It is meant to be comedic, but it's also like very dark. <laughs> sure. The, well, Anyways, this is where what a lot of think? it comes yeah. down to. What's the circumstance of you watching it? Who were you around? That kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a big. Part. I found it kind of a slog, and I just kept thinking how much how it could have done the exact same thing in less time. Oh yeah, um, big time. But in addition to that, you know, I shot down to the marina late on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. You know, again, because sometimes you just want to try to see something and it's your only chance to see it. it is. Yeah. And I was tired and just tapped out. You know what I mean? Yep. It was like, you just yep. go. Yep. And I saw it literally in a theater by myself. Oh, the no person shit. In the entire theater. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. For like a 10 o'clock showing. So would I have liked it better under different circumstances? Maybe. You know what I mean? And but I, I, but I left and I was like, uh, okay, I'm glad I saw it. But I, I don't, you know, it wasn't for me. A hundred percent. And And I think that Triangle is a good example of a... Uh, the tone is so um, uh, foreign to us, yeah. That it because there's there's not a whole lot you can easily compare this movie to. Sure, that it's hard to kind of grasp where you should land with it. Uh, I say should, I sure, mean, yeah, you, however, yeah. but the, it, it's just a, it's just a, a it's not a it's a foreign film in the traditional sense. It's you know English is the language of the film, but it is so kind of bizarre of a tone that I just uh, it it felt off putting to me. I agree. Um, I agree. I, I, there was something that just wasn't quite on, and maybe that was what it was meant to do. I think so. And I don't know. This director has had some other successes in in you know kind of small foreign films yeah. that are that are very popular, but I. I I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. Sure. Um, what well, else you got? Let, let me rattle off real quick a couple of the older ones because I don't really yeah, want to yeah, dig go, into go these. Back, but yeah. let me just get these out of the way and then we're going to jump into some of the ones I want to dig further into. Sure, but yeah. I went back and watched Blonde. I had not seen that. I still haven't seen that. Um, I honestly, well, I don't want to color your opinion on it. No, um, you can. You but can. but I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan. I know some people think it was really amazing. Others, it gets kind I of think divided. More so, people didn't like it. I even with Ana de Armas, to be honest, who I'm a big fan of, yeah, and, right. I, and I really like her stuff. I was less impressed than I thought I was going to be. Oh, interesting. And I know that makes me seem like a total critic, but that's all I'll say. It was less. That's fine. It yeah. didn't wow me. Yeah. Um, I watched. I saw Breaking, which I had missed Dude, the first go around. How'd you like it? Uh, I thought it was amazing. I thought I, it was it's really, so really good. Incredible. And yeah. it's it's such a strong small movie yeah. like it's very small and it is very underrated it was his performance punch, was excellent yeah he was amazing it's not going to get nominated for anything but it truly was one of the best i mean when those trailers came out and critics the all critic was comparing it to dog day afternoon i don't discount that like i yeah. genuinely no, think that, it it the tonally sure. and quality wise i'm like yeah that's a it fair at least comparison calls back to that i yeah. mean listen 
well, okay. Well, well there's others yeah, I mean, that I want yeah, to talk about that way, but, but I thought it was great. Um, I yep. watched a documentary called Is That Black Enough for You, which I recommend. I don't know that I think one. was really, really good, uh, worth watching. I watched the Sound of 007 documentary, uh, yeah, which was fun. Too. I actually watched that the in concert version as well. Cool. If you're a Bond fan, you'll enjoy that. Watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. <laughs> I watched that too. Which was a real kick in the ass. I, I enjoyed it. it <laughs> it's was, fun. It was super fun. It was exactly That's what they should have totally dropped. what it should have been. Yeah. yeah and, and also, like in the, in the tradition of like what we always joke about the Star Wars. Yeah. Christmas holiday special or whatever, <laughs> but actually being good, you know, mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. And it was Very a good fun. little bridge between fun. those real movies. Um, and then um, I went back. Oh, ter- the territory I watched, which I enjoyed. I wasn't blown away. Um, you had mentioned that one, that documentary. I did really like that one. Uh, so, yeah. and a lot of people have thought it was amazing. And maybe I just went in with a super high bar. Yeah. I, I, I still really enjoyed it. It's not like I thought it was it's bad, a good story, but yeah. it didn't blow me away as much as I thought it would. Um, yeah. I also watched Amsterdam. Did you catch Amsterdam? <laughs> the first I, have, I have not watched it yet. So I may be the only person. Um, I really enjoyed Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Um, cool. And maybe again, it's because everything was so negative. I went in thinking this is going to be a train wreck. Yeah. I've been it, avoiding it. It was, Totally different than the trailer uh, alludes to in terms of story. Really? Not that there's not a mystery where these guys are, but the yeah. trailer reads like these guys are on the run. They've been accused of, of, of crime, you know, right. and they've got to get together. There was so much more to it, man. Um, oh. It played into social commentary that we're dealing with even today. I mean, today. David O. Russell really doesn't make bad movies. I, his worst movies are still very good. I thought it was great. So, and, as, and, as you'll and, see from and my his rating, best movies are some of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so don't it's know. unfortunate to me that so many people hated it. But I don't um, know what people were talking about when they didn't like it, honestly. And maybe you'll feel different when you see it. I will it. watch it. Yeah. Um, I do understand why it didn't make a lot of money where, yeah, we're, right. where we're at right now, but I don't right. understand it not getting uh, good ratings. Um, and I also watched Strange World on Disney+. Plus. I did not watch and that. Yet. again, nothing amazing. But absolutely not a train wreck of a movie. I mean, it, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes for that yeah. movie, you would think it's the worst thing Disney's ever put eh, out. People are weird. I yeah. don't get it. Um, it kind of reminded me. Hey once guys, again just of listen Ranger. to our podcast. Don't, don't yeah, just don't whatever go we on say. The, yeah, go with don't, that. Don't go on um, the so anyway, uh, yeah, those are some of the older ones uh, that I saw. Did you see? She said. I did. Yeah, I just watched it the other day, and uh, that that was really excellent. I me, mean, there are exactly so many movies of this uh, kind of style of uh, investigative reporting in recent years. You have Spotlight. You have uh, uh, there's been a few, but yeah. uh, you know stuff like that. Um, kind of you know outing uh, you know serious issues, and um, I don't know. I just uh, masterfully you know, told and more specifically acted by these women in this yes, movie. They're all yes. just like at the top of their game. So it's like um, a super strong procedural. And I bring this yeah, up because we talked yeah. about breaking and how it harkens back to dog day afternoon. Yeah. And I know certain things are classics, but what I was thinking about throughout this was all the president's men Oh, and sure. with sure. You know, Redford and Hoffman. And I was like, listen, I left thinking, wait a minute, am I higher on this movie than I would have been because again like devotion the story is so strong right and it's like such a thing that needs to be told that's yes. what's powerful and then i thought no no it's for this kind of movie and it's, this style it is like you said well acted throughout be, yeah. and there are so many small performances that are so fucking strong and stay right. with you those interviews with certain women and with the real people ashley what? judd is in it playing herself oh, yeah, that as also. a victim also. Uh, of harvey weinstein and it's just very good because you're like wow she I'm it's so impressive Dude, that even she the way they sorry got go to be a part of this yeah and then, I love that actually and, and just it, it's like it's her perfect. taking her voice back right but also right. like even the way they cheat around Weinstein yeah um which again that's not an easy thing to do no. when it's a real figure and we all know no. him how he looks and just the voice and everything but I just thought everybody in it was 
was great. Yep. Um, it's a shame not more people have seen it. I, and I, you, you know, that being, I mean, you say that, and of course, not a lot of people see a movie like this just because, but uh, I am impressed with how many theaters played it and kept playing it. And Agreed. I just think that's a testament to... I don't know the the exhibitors. I don't know. It, yeah, it was it was playing in theaters here a lot all over. Yeah, yeah. so anyways. I'm with you. Well, to lighten it up real quick, and then yeah. I'm going to pass it back over to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you see Puss in Boots? <laughs> no, I didn't. Was Dude, it good? See it. I'm telling, <laughs> You're telling you. telling me to see it. Okay. I'm telling you. Don't I'll write it down. Don't right miss now. it. Go to the theater. And I don't watch even it. know that I saw the other because there's another standalone Here's the thing. Puss in Boots. I movie, didn't right? see the other standalone, and it doesn't matter. And but I know Puss in Boots from Shrek, right? Okay. <laughs> and my family was going to go. Um, we always do like a Christmas movie, sure. And this year, for the first time in so long, we didn't, and it was primarily because my brother wasn't interested in Puss in Boots. My mom loves Puss in Boots. <laughs> okay, like in sure. terms of characters. Well, I mean, it's who one doesn't? Of the funniest it's the to her cat ever. Yeah. And my brother wanted to go see the Whitney Houston movie. Oh and yeah. And my yeah. mom was like, I really think there's going to be drugs and people getting beat up and you know what i mean like maybe domestic abuse stuff and i don't know i haven't seen that yet yeah but so we didn't go to anything this year for the first time oh interesting that i can yeah. remember since i was a little kid but as soon as i got home jess's family and melissa her sister primarily really wanted to go see puss in boots yeah so i was like let's do it and we went in and it was just freaking delightful awesome. uh it was entertaining throughout it was very funny and it was actually a very strong sort of a fable you know what i mean as, yeah. as the best of these movies are yeah and to me held up even along with like i mean it's been a long time since i've seen shrek and i know those were cultural phenomenons and everything yeah. else but held up in terms of just you know the execution of the film and the sentiment of the movie and everything else as well as anything like that that i've seen i i That's can't great. recommend it high enough it's super fun it's moving. It's great. It was a great, great movie. That's a that's a strong recommend yep. from Patrick. Hardcore boots. I'm gonna see it um, if I can. <laughs> there's <laughs> right, there's, right. It's so add that to many. your 98, my friend. Um, well, so uh, I have quite a few here that uh, I assume you've seen a lot of these. Um, but I think we're the, gonna overlap a lot. They're the, I just they're the bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the whale for a minute. Um, that is one of the bigger ones, Kelly. Well said. Boom ching. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, think about that. Um, Dealing with uh, so Brendan Fraser is playing uh, this character from a, a stage play that uh, Aronofsky, Darren yeah. Aronofsky, you know, adapted. And uh, I was really, because uh, I don't really care about Aronofsky. He is a master of a certain style. I'm very and, interested in him, honestly. Um, but I don't care. I don't, I've never rushed to see a movie that he's put out. I didn't okay. see Mother. I didn't see Ooh, have you never seen uh, Mother? Tree of Life. I didn't see. Oh, wow. Um, Wait know. a minute. No, The Fountain. Tree of Life oh. was Terrence Malick. Oh yeah, no, sorry. But yeah, honestly, the fountain easy, is totally. Easy they came there. out like the same year and or something, and I definitely yeah, and we're both dealing with the same those. kind of spirituality yep. and yep, the fountain for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. and you know, obviously his earlier stuff. You've seen I the saw. wrestler though. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. Seen you've seen Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, and Noah. Then, did you see Noah? Uh, I actually did see Noah. Okay. That's a our guy from Gladiator, right? Um, yeah, Russell Crowe. I did I did, yeah. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fighting water. Um and the wrestler is is an exception of one where yeah, like I so really great. got a lot out of that, so but great. this this like that is very accessible. It's yes. not yes. a weird movie. It's okay, a very going very there. very accessible movie and um it's just a heartbreaking story about a guy um and uh you know there there's this whole Brendan Fraser kind of movement now to yeah. get him to like work, Mickey Rourke work more and kind of bring him out of obscurity um, because he's, he's really seems to be a wonderful, wonderful guy and everybody and loves him. Everybody Come on. loves him. Um, we love him and hopefully he does get some more juicy roles, but like previous to this movie, would I have considered Brendan Fraser a good actor? 
No. No, just a fun He's entertainer. Like, that we a love. wonderful guy. Yeah. Very, yeah, very charismatic, wonderful personality. Um, you know, a good looking guy. He's yeah. great in, you know, the mummy and you, all these you other things. You think Brendan Fraser, you think the mummy or you think Encino Man yeah. or, you know, George You know, of the some Jungle of those sillier stuff yeah. before and, you know. Super fun. And then you see but, this and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Blew the fucking doors off, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he'll get an Oscar nomination and maybe he'll even so. win it. Um, I think that would be fair if he did. Um, but uh, I, I really, and you know, uh, the other two kind of main characters in the movie, his daughter, Sadie Sink, I think her name is, yep. or whatever, yep. from, uh, from uh, 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 Stranger Things. Stranger Things, thank you. And the, yeah, and the, yeah, great. And the uh, and the nurse, and I forget what that Hong actor's Chow? name is. Hong that, Chow. That, that sounds right. Who was also in the menu? She's right. the we gel. She's the, yeah, I we wanted gel. to me- mention that. Both of about. those supporting performances uh, from those women are so good, as good as anything this year, in my opinion. They're just small performances. Yeah, so they're not. You know, they're very supporting. But, um, but like, yeah, he, you know, he made a movie that is. Aronofsky made a movie that is, by all accounts, like as as perfect of a per, you know set of performances and circumstances yeah. as as you can make. Yeah. Um. For for a stage play, you know, it's sure, just a sure. very small movie. Um. Yeah. I think so you're I spot on when you say accessible. This is just a deeply deeply yeah. human. Anybody can watch this and get everything out of it sure. that was meant to get out of it. It's yeah. a deeply human and deeply emotional story. Uh, like I said, Frazier was incredible. Um, he, he just seems such a likable dude who wouldn't root for this guy. Yeah, right. It is depressing. I told, I was talking to my mom. She's like, well, I don't know how everything's so sad now. And I, yeah. and I understand that. Yeah. And yeah, I said, yeah. look, just chase it with the mummy. When you get home, <laughs> throw the mummy on last 30 minutes, watch the third <laughs> act, watch him kick butt and you know yeah. all that you'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, but honestly, man, very, very good. And I will say this about Aronofsky. I find him fascinating because if you go back through his filmography, it's almost on point. He, he's a he's a. It's not a one for them, one for me, but it's the same type of thing. It's a yeah. one for the you got to sit and think about this in a dark room, and it's, yeah. we're taking on theology or we're taking on philosophy or whatever, and then it's a completely grounded like you said a yeah. play that we're yeah. putting on screen like a wrestler like yeah. a you know and then you've got those are always interspersed with the mother and the fountain and you know whatever pie and that's part of what i find so interesting about him man you, you it's almost like he's two different directors you couldn't find two different styles of things it is and it seems like yeah. they're the two courses that are very far apart that he's interested in yeah. in terms of a movie where you're not really doing anything crazy it's very very grounded like right. this and like you said it could be a play um and speaking of that and piggybacking off of that did you see women talking yes i Your just thoughts. saw it like three days ago and it's it's in my maybe top five of the holy year. cow i could not believe so i agree with you 100 percent. and i went in I, I had seen a preview with Jess. I had seen a preview. And a then preview. it had been so long and there had been so many things coming out through the holidays and everything. Yeah. I actually had no memory of the preview. I knew I'd seen it. That's and even I better. I was intrigued. And so I went to it. with. I was like, you know what? I've got a free day and Jess yeah. was busy. And I was like, I'm just going to go. And I went and I didn't rewatch the preview and I just sat down. That's good. Yeah. And again, speaking of something that could have been a play, maybe was a play, whatever, but is so strong and has so much to say in every performance is – fantastic and i've just left it's, thinking it's one of the best ensemble movies ever made i would say sure meaning that it, it is a movie you know it's called women talking you don't by the way if you're listening to this and you don't know much about it don't, don't, i mean just watch it. it it i saw a tweet 
uh, immediately after you know it came out this past week where you know someone uh, you know a critic or something was like i didn't watch a trailer and i went in cold and i need to do this more often yeah because it is so powerful and you don't need to know anything about it um but it is a movie about a group of women mostly women talking um through a problem and you would With think men. that would be very yeah you would think that would be very boring for lack of a better term but it's it, i've never been more glued same to the screen like the amount of times where i felt myself like leaning forward yep. in my chair because i was so engrossed in the story um and the performances and it's also just incredibly emotional but from it is so not uh, what's the word gratuitous uh, emotion or or whatever the word is. It is it is very clearly not trying to these performances and the way that these characters are written is so strong, both in terms of quality of writing, but also their characters are just strong, super strong women that it's like, no, they're not stopping to be emotional. It is just an it, overwhelmingly emotional circumstance circumstance and situation and uh they're doing their best to get through it and it's uh it's a master it's a total masterpiece it's one of my it's the only one in the last few months where i gave it four and i was like it could be oh actually this one and banshees of in sharon where i gave it four and a, and a like, and I'm like, I think they're really a four and a half. It was teetering, yeah, yeah, teetering higher. Um, so, For me too. And the, the anyway. only other two things I'll say about it is um, it, the same as you. In the first 10 minutes, yeah. I thought, okay, this is going to be good, but this is going to be a chore. Yeah, And right. by the 15th minute, You're like, I nope. forgot nope. the chore part. Yep. And I was yep. completely engrossed like you were. The only notes that I wrote down, and I took out my phone when I left, and I wrote down, and I, I said, a minimalist work of art. Yeah, right. In terms of cinematically or whatever. And then I just wrote important. Important. (laughs) And and honestly, like I was looking back at my notes trying to remember what I thought. And I was just like, that's actually all I need to say. Like it needs to be seen. And I think it's important really for all eras of women. Oh, yeah. yeah. For today, just as much. So the only real note I wrote down, which, you know, I'm not a screenwriter, but uh, I, I wrote, I would imagine if I read this script, it would be one of the best things I've ever read. Yes, totally. Just because of. It would come off How, almost just as strong. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you can make it into a movie, but the way that the dialogue is written and the way that everything works together is yeah. like, I think I would be just as engrossed in sure. the written page. This is going to be as strong yeah. in any medium. Like, I mean, you could yeah. do a graphic novel exactly. of this if you wanted to. Exactly. You could do whatever it is. I agree. You could do a radio play. This is going to be, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that's what the story and the whole idea is. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, so we agree on that one. We've got uh, we've got many more big ones. Um, what do you got next of, of uh, the bigger ones? So um, I just uh, want to mention, um, I went and saw, this is a little bit further back, but uh, Black Panther Way of Water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Black Panther that. Way of Water? <laughs> saw, saw that one. <laughs> um, hey, and come then, on. <laughs> nah, I'm just messing. Uh, and then uh, Glass Onion. Oh, yeah, did Glass Onion. Did you enjoy... What did you think about Glass Onion? You liked Knives Out? Or yeah, where were you on I Knives mean, Out? Knives Out we all great. enjoyed it, right? Ryan okay. Johnson is, is uh, you know, as weird as some of his movies are and as weird of an installment as Last Jedi is, 
I've been a fan of him since high school because he Me too. made Brick, and Brick came out around the time I was, uh, I think that was, what, 07 maybe yeah. or ish, and I graduated in 06, and it, Brick it was actually took, oh, it might have been, but Brick took place at a high school not far from my high school. Like, it was just a few exits down the freeway. Oh, yeah, you'd mentioned And this. so I had visited that school before, and when it came out, that was like, not to compare it to, but in terms of cinematic um influence on me the way that like when garden state came out a couple of years before sure, it was like a big sure. deal brick yeah. was a big deal yeah no one saw brick i mean subsequently people have seen brick but when it came out i saw brick and it was a big deal and then you know you watch him and he made the brothers bloom and he made some other movies that nobody ever saw and then um he hasn't made a ton of movies but he by all accounts was someone that i always cared about and you know he makes Last Jedi, he makes you know whatever else he's made. Sure, um, maybe a new it, Star Wars trilogy at some point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and then you know he does he does Knives Out. Knives Out is uh, very fun and quirky. And uh, you know any like a murder mystery as a genre or as a genre film yeah. is delightful. Sure, I don't care if it's good. It's just Death a type of storytelling that is yes. so satisfying yes. that even if it's subpar, like Death on the Nile was a little better. I think even so Murder on Orient Express, the yeah. one before it, I like enjoyed. I watched it and I was no, like, yeah, this is fun. Um, and so it's and an enjoyable subgenre. Knives right, Out right. is better. Um, and then, of course, Glass Onion. Is it better than Knives Out? I don't know. I liked both of them a lot. Um, yeah. Glass I- Onion is. Uh, is a bigger, you know, bigger budget sure. and showier and uh, come kind of more, you know, fun in a way. Yeah. Um, but is the story as good or the is the casting as good? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's good. I, I'll say I this: I, I've defended Ryan Johnson forever as well. Right. Um, by the way, Brick was two thousand five, still in oh five. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. On years. No, uh, just kidding. But um, but yeah, I've defended him a ton too. And and Jess is always like, why? Like you know, you don't like Last Jedi, right? Like why are you defending? I'm like, well, here's the thing. The, the yeah, reason, the reason don't we don't like him, it isn't him. <laughs> yeah. The reason I don't hold him accountable is what I said from the beginning. The reason I didn't want them to make those movies is because yeah. if you actually were committed to making a new trilogy, all of it would have been the way he did it. Right. He, he was the only one that attempted to even continue the story and right. make choices and change things. Did I like all those choices? No, but that doesn't change the right. fact that that's what the series called for. Well, that was part of the problem. We've been saying throughout all of these new star star Wars properties that it doesn't seem like anyone is sitting down and thinking about anything <laughs> yeah, at all. And it's very clear that even though JJ might say he did, um, He's Ryan kind of admitted that he didn't. Enough. Ryan is is one where a hundred percent Ryan sat and thought and like you say made decisions sure and uh, and attempted to do something that would have staying power and yes. wouldn't be torn apart for its uh, for its let's say plot holes and other sure, things. Sure. I mean, there I would say there are probably less problems with the structure and story yeah. of last Jedi than the other two, except that last Jedi isn't as overtly kind of fun right, or something, sure. you know, but, he, but um, that's the first star Wars movie that had any new ideas since the original trilogy. Right. And I include the prequels in that with Lucas and everything else truly like, right. And now, like I said, I didn't like, I agree with Mark Hamill hundred percent. This is not, Luke Skywalker, this right. is not what he would do. Even Mark Hamill said, I thought about this as a parallel universe in order to play it. 
So like I, <laughs> Poor Mark I Hamill. yeah, like so I agree with him. He's like, that's not what Luke. That's not what the Jedi do. So sure. all those things are problems for me too. But you, I'm I'm saying his movies are strong. Him taking the reins of a series that was always going to be very very low percentage that would you know would right. work has nothing to do with it. Glass Onion to me, I think I actually liked it better than the original Knives Out. That's fair. And I just thought it was so like delightfully and hilariously packed with little moments that it didn't even have to have that wouldn't have even maybe been there in the script. Like, yeah, I just, Hey, I sent all the staff away. I want this to be a low key, low key weekend with all of us. And then the robot carrier in the back, like there were so many of those moments peppered in the the moment where not to this, these won't be spoilers, but the moment where Daniel Craig is like, it's dumb. And they're like, so dumb. It's brilliant. He's like, no, it's just dumb. It's so dumb. There were so many moments (laughs) like that. That made me happy, and I'm going to come back to that when we talk yeah, about yeah. another movie. By the way, that's a good uh, but, that's a good uh, poll quote for my soundboard. Oh, so is that, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's just so dumb. I got to I got to write that down. Here so right much quick. fun, but I had a blast with it. And here's what the other thing I want to say about it that's really interesting. Chance, our buddy Chance, longtime listener of the podcast, longtime friend, yeah. and huge hey, movie fan. He texted me right after it finished when he saw it before me, and he was like, "Dude, he's like, I'm kind of disappointed, but I didn't like Glass Onion. I really thought I would. Oh, and then I was like, but, okay. And he's like, let me know what you think when you see it. And then before I even had a chance to see it, he's like, I saw it again. And I actually think I really like it. Oh. And I was like, okay. And by the time we met up to go to a movie later, a couple weeks later, he's like, dude, I saw it a third time. And I actually Jesus think I like Christ. it better than Chance. the original one. <laughs> but it's because like he saw it on his own. Of all movies. For some reason, maybe he was just in the wrong headspace. He really is thrown by this. He's like, yeah, I can't yeah. figure out what it – and then he watched it with his family because they right. wanted to watch it over the holidays. And he was like, oh, I actually really like this. Yeah. And then a couple of his buddies, his movie theater he grew up at going to, yeah. and we can all relate to this, it was closing. Oh, yeah. On Christmas Day, that was the last day. Oh, that's be sad. Open. So he went back. He was super nostalgic, sent me a bunch of you know pictures. This is where I waited for you know Harry Potter every oh, time, yeah, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. So you can you feel that. And you're like, that's there's a real nostalgic pull there. But because his friends were going back to their original movie theater, you know, to watch Glass Onion one more time, like he went back and, and saw sure. it there, I guess. So anyway, so he watched it a couple times and liked it. My mom also had said, I don't know why I didn't like it as much. And then she watched it a second time and also said, "That's hilarious." I liked it a lot more than I thought. So I don't know what there is to that. Maybe yeah, nothing. Right. Maybe it's totally random. But I will just say there's a uh, a song that they choose, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, at okay. a point in that movie yeah. that really cracked me up and took it over the top for me that I really enjoyed. So there's anyway. a lot of great comedy in Fun it. Fun movie. Um, yeah, Edward Norton plays a great dickhead too. Like he's just like a rich, arrogant. I don't know why. He yeah, just, yeah, maybe yeah. he's like that in real life. I have no idea. Um, Might be the nicest guy. I have a TikTok uh, video that I'm not going to play now because I think it would kind of spoil parts of Glass Onion. But it compares this to Italian Job so well Ooh. Uh, because it's the same structure sure <laughs> what norton, edward norton norton's yeah. like, oh my god so that's so I, uh, funny anyways i haven't watched um, italian job in that's a fun one man we should watch that again yeah um anyways moving on from glass onion uh there's so many uh did you see uh god where do we even begin did you see pinocchio the oh um, we, we del, saw it together we del del to, oh we no we did Bev. yeah dude i forgot you were, <laughs> i forgot right. you were you there see a lot of movies it's um, hard to remember we did see pinocchio together i'm sorry and uh pinocchio from del toro was really 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 incredible uh, just a. I mean, you know, you don't see too many stop motion movies, especially anymore. some that took three so, years to do, and yeah, might be the best stop motion. Um, very, ever. very wonderfully dark, and uh, yep, as Del Toro uh, stuff yeah, is, it's great. It's great. I mean, that's that's kind of what we need from these 
these tired franchises like sure. there were like three pinocchio movies that came out this year <laughs> yeah, it's so, so weird if you're gonna do so it weird. just do it weird you and know by like, the way this, this like story is fucking dark nobody remembers oh, for this sure. i rewatched the original one because i was just like you know i hadn't seen this since i was a kid yeah there there are and I, i'll quote multiple child snatching right. scenarios right. in Pinocchio. Right. More than one plot point to the point that if you were in a script meeting, you'd probably be like, do we need both of these? Um, but very, very scary. My, I talked my mom into rewatching it and she also called me and she's like, I can't believe I ever showed this to you as a kid. <laughs> I think I just knew that it was a classic. You just put and, on Disney movies. And all yeah. anyone thinks about is when you wish upon a star, which yeah. is maybe that moment from Pinocchio might be the most at the heart of any Disney moment ever. Like that, that is the song they play when you oh, see the emblem. The title, so yeah. it's very much like over the rainbow from wizard of yeah, Oz, yeah. but the movie itself truly is a kid navigating predators throughout the entire. Scenario. Um, so I think del Toro's the, the was way that uh, Pinocchio inspires the story of AI. I want to watch AI. Oh again. boy. I know. Um, yeah. That's oh, really, the, that's the root that's of that movie 15, is it's based years. on sure. You know, yeah. That, um, I, I want to watch that again. Uh, anyways, moving along from Pinocchio, you saw the Fablemans, right? I did. And I, I want to read something real quick. Cause I talked to our buddy Tyler yeah. about this movie and I, I left it and I was wondering why I wasn't as well. It wasn't that it wasn't great all the way through. I have yeah. no complaints about it. It just wasn't what I thought it would be. Right. And, uh, Tyler wrote me and he said, Hey, what did you think about Fablements? I said, not what I expected. I think I was anticipating or hoping just kind of a pure love letter to cinema. Right. That was kind of universal instead of specifically Spielberg's story, yeah. a deeply personal recounting of his life that obviously largely revolved around film. I can't critique it because it's his story. Doesn't really matter what I wanted, yep. but as he is my favorite director and I think he's the most prolific audience director ever. I just really wanted him just, I'm loving movies, you know, but again, yeah. that's not a knock. Uh, and I, and I, um, that, that's just kind of how I felt throughout. And Tyler pretty much agreed. He was like, yeah, he's like, you know, I, you can't knock it cause it's, it's his thing. You know what I mean? He's like, it's, it's his story. But to me, it was so specific to him that it's not what I thought from the trailer. And I thought the trailer almost misled a little bit. In the trailer magic. definitely didn't, show much of the story it showed a few elements yeah and it, they were mostly in the first act it was only. all magic it, it was, was like all... the magic of early spielberg films told through his story that's what it seemed like and right? uh, yeah it's definitely a very straightforward story about a, a family and the problems within that family and you know and i think my only thing about it is that this story is told to be kind of like I might be way off base here, but it seems to be Spielberg's trauma laid yes. out in yes. a film. And you're I'm not, not off base. I'm not trying to say that, you know, you even use that word lightly because there's so much war. There's so much worse that you can go through, but we all only experience. But we all have our own trauma. That, That's not inappropriate to talk about. And, um, and so it, it's just interesting to me that it leans so heavily on the, the, trauma as opposed to and then i came out on the other side of it you know more or less fine and yeah. you know there's it, less film it, saved me yes than yeah right film was my my you know shelter shelter but, but i kept yeah. having get, getting beat up but it's still bad yeah it was still a bad life and or who something. are we to and, question that but, um but you know what it is it's the spielberg what he's given us in movies his whatever his top films, what you think of as a Spielberg movie, right? 
is him leaning into the light, you know, and the film stuff that he loved. And so again, it's his story. I, I can't question it, but I think because of that, I wanted this to sort of be his, not his last movie, but you I know, like, I like how you say like the, the film saved me angle, which is kind of what we maybe yeah. expected or something. It's really not that. Although all of the elements of the movie that have to do with this child loving film and embracing it and, and doing it. Yeah, uh, is incredible. Great incredible. Yeah, so um, much fun. It was peppered in with that stuff, and those were the moments I really loved. But the but the majority of it, seventy five percent of it, wasn't that. I, I think say. the un- I think the unfortunate takeaway is that when you leave this movie, you go, "Okay, I've seen this quote unquote true story ish," and how do I feel about it? I, I like you say, I, I it's it's someone's story. It's sad and it's good it's extremely well made it's extremely well acted um you know we we talked a lot about west side story when it came out as being like his return to just masterful filmmaking and i would argue that this is just as well made it's just less accessible yeah i agree because it's so personal. Um, I agree. It's so personal. And and, yeah. and I'll just say a couple more things because Spielberg is my guy. There, there's no one else who's ever going to come guy. in my life yeah, you know, sure. that will affect me in that kind of way. Sure. Um, but, you know, this is all very not specifically accurate, but this is a, a, a um, fictional narrative retelling of what he really went through, right? If, if you really look into Spielberg's past and stuff, the reason all of his movies that you see in the beginning with the broken family from Close Encounters where it's the dad who's leaving right? and E.T. I thought about that a lot. E.T. where they're talking yeah, about why encounters. is dad, I wish dad would come back and they're sure. with their mom is because for years and years and years and years, he, maybe not openly, but he's admitted he blamed his father for not keeping the family together yeah. and then learning way later in life that his dad simply refused to tell the kid, you know, he didn't actually discover on film that his mom had stepped out on his dad, you right. know, and, and all these other things. And the fact that he was closer to his mom and they were creatively inclined, yeah, you know, had to. There, it's just a very you under, like you said, trauma. You, you understand why that's so layered. But part of him coming back, and he even talked about making like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Saving Private Ryan was almost like an apology to his father for unfairly blaming him and talk about just being as heroic a movie as you can make, just not wanting your kids to be upset with their mom and literally just never being the one to say, Hey, by the way, this isn't on me. You know what I mean? Like anyway, so, so it's layered and you understand why I did see one tweet. Um, I don't even know this guy, but I just want to read it off. Cause I think there's something to it. Uh, he actually wrote, Steven Spielberg has always been misunderstood, often viewed as a purveyor of glossy Americana, which I actually do think he is. But his films are subversive as fuck. Um, U.S. society is always corrupt. There's an element of that. Uh, Families are self-destruct, and individuals are often crazed or deluded. Sentimentality rarely compensates. Um, And then he just said it's even happening in The Fablements. It's not a movie about the magic of movies. It's a very selfish and self-destructive family. That's what it's about. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't go as far as some of these things to say, but there is something to that, and it's worth thinking about. And piggybacking off of that, unless you have anything else to say about this, I will just say, ask, did you see Empire of Light? Yeah. Which is another movie that kind of revolves around film. What did you yeah, think about that? That's, this is one of my least favorite movies this year. Whoa! Um, okay. Yeah, I really, I really disliked it. Um, it. It is not objectively poorly made or anything like sure. that. Sam Mendes. Um, always good. 
Well, is he though? Well, I mean, he's always. <laughs> I feel like technically he's always very, executing. He's a, film. a very, very, very capable yeah. um, director who knows what he's doing. Uh, to, to no question, um, there are plenty of elements of this movie that are really wonderful. Like, for instance, the environments and the you know social commentary. Yes, of course. The story itself is to me just about the weakest thing put on film this year. Whoa. Um, I just really, really didn't care about it. The entire movie, I was struggling to care about anything. And it's a bummer because it's a movie about a movie theater in yeah. the 80s. And they're know. you know playing movies Great we ideas. love. And it, so I love the premise that we are in we are watching this group of people that run a movie theater and the drama you know of of them all together um and it's got some all-timers acting in it but it it does i i just didn't care at all um and that's a bummer to me um yeah I, i think i think i think the the plot is just super weak and i i i just don't care Okay, fair enough. I actually really enjoyed Empire of Light. Uh, in fact, I think I had such a lower bar for that one than Fableman's yeah. that when I left, I was like, "Well, I liked that better than Fableman's." <laughs> I don't think it was better than Fableman's, but but I do I do think that like, you know, these are the two movies that I've seen recently yeah. in this year about films, you right? Know, in one way right. or the other. Um, and this one I found really <coughs> moving. Um, I thought it was uneven in spots, but, um, sure. you know, and maybe would have even made a better, you know, six part series or something than a movie because oh, it yeah, felt yeah. kind of chaptered. Yeah, yeah. And I think about that a lot more now, just <coughs> so many things in my heart. But, um, but I definitely point, did point. not hate it and didn't feel the same way. I, not that I think it's, you know, going to live on forever, but it was, uh, it was one that I really enjoyed. Um, did you see, sorry, did you have anything else on that? No, no. Let's move on. Yeah. Did you happen to see Violent Night? Yeah, let's talk about okay. that for a minute. Let's dive into that for a second. Violent Night. I don't think I've loved it or liked it as much as you. No, but, I loved it. Um, <laughs> but Violent Night is uh, again a movie that just doesn't kind of get made anymore. Forget about even the the uh, the Christmas aspect of it. Sure, it is just simply a kind of a semi scrappy action movie that is really just made for fun. And we're about to see plane later today in the theaters. And like, I just like these kind of mid to lower budget action movies. Um, and, uh, the fact that it was one that came out in theaters and it wasn't a Netflix movie or whatever, uh, is really exciting. The fact that it also, you know, has this Christmas element is great. Um, what's the guy's name? I forget him. Oh, um, from Stranger Things. Also, yeah, we're forgetting yeah. all the Stranger Things yeah, whatever. guys' names. But you know, um, he's, he's great, and uh, he's just about the only actor in this movie that is any good. In fact, the girl, the young girl, you don't uh, like in, John Leguizamo in it? Yeah, whatever. David Harbor. David Harbor. Thank yeah. you. David Harbor's great. Uh, he's a good actor, and he t- takes this and he runs with it. And it's there are b- big emotional beats. Um, there's some weird like. Uh, uh, mythology of his character that's really cool. Sure, I'm like, this sure. is fucking awesome. <laughs> sure, There's yeah. some elements of it that are <laughs> just wild. like so much better than the rest of the movie. But then right. my problem with it really is that it clearly didn't have a lot of money. It's a very small yeah, movie. True. They filmed in one location for the most part. And um, and the supporting cast, John Leguizamo's fine. 
And, you know, Beverly D'Angelo's in it. She's fine. She's I love that her she was in it just because she was in Christmas Vacation. Yeah, but sure, again, sure, that sure. has nothing to do with the performance. Sure. But then every single other character in it, of which there are probably like maybe six or seven of these like right. kind of major supporting characters, are just like really not good performances. It's a bunch of actors that you've never seen before for the most part. And you're like, I don't know who this is. That doesn't matter if they're a good actor. And I just found them all to be very, very milquetoast and, uh, and or bad. Um, so whatever, you know, I think you're probably right. And I didn't care a bit. Um, okay, fair I, enough. I, uh, <laughs> I, I really genuinely loved this movie. Sure. Um, yeah. I right down to the, to the climactic end of how he, he, he disposes of. Oh yeah. The yeah. There's killer. a, there's a, as we've said in a lot of like gory action movies <laughs> there's before, an there's moment. some good deaths. There's an all time moment though, above all of the other ones. And there are a ton of great ones, but there's yeah. an all time moment in this one at the end to me, yeah. um, where Santa uses his powers, uh, yeah. in order to, um, dispose of, uh, the, the final <laughs> villain, um, in a very creative and fun yeah, way. And that, I think that's what put the icing on the cake for me where I was just like, fantastic. I also went to see this one with Jess and her family. And I think they were beside themselves, not really understanding what's going on or why you would make this. Um, this does, uh, just bring me back one more time to ring my own bell and say that, you know, I, I wrote a script, jingle bell, shotgun shells about oh, yeah, a warrior sure Santa Claus. Sure. You it's not exactly the same as this, but I hope this opens the door. Um, and we can get that bad boy on the screen one day, even though That's I'm so not funny. Really pursuing that right now. But sure. um, but th- the whole time through, I think probably my enjoyment was amplified by the fact that I had an idea almost exactly like this. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and actually wrote it all the I way out. I think it's got to be. It's one of my favorite things I've ever produced. So. Uh, it's got to be supported. Your opinion must ah, be supported by that. Anyway. Um, before we talk about, there's a couple of big ones that we should talk about, which is Avatar and Babylon. Other than those, do you have any others? Uh, I saw The Wonder. Um, did you oh, watch that one with uh, our girl? Um, no, I didn't watch it yet. Girl Is it good? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's strong. I think, again, the idea is really good. Kind of in the same... Well, it's not the same as uh, Women Talking. It's not that good either, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, it, it's a similar kind of offshoot of that in terms yeah. of idea. Um, but the whole time, I, unlike Women Talking, I kept thinking, this really would have made an incredible short film. Uh, gotcha. Like a 20 to 30 minute short gotcha. film. And she's great throughout. Oh, I saw The great. Inspection. Did you see The Inspection? Oh, no, but it's on my list. I got to see um, it. Also, just really good, man. I mean, just, I don't know that what to say about That looked phenomenal. It. Very yeah. strong moving performances i don't know how you can be a human being with a heartbeat i know some people don't care but i don't know how you can you can not not care care. yeah right um we watched matilda the musical oh i did um, watch that which we actually both really enjoyed it's a lot of fun it's not something i'm ever going to watch again sure but if you like musicals that's that's a fun one i do not um and then (laughs) did you yeah did you watch (laughs) nice nice did you watch apollo 10 and a half uh richard linkletter it's actually no I did not. I don't know how Linklater does it, man. It, his movies are, you, you pitch them or you hear the idea of them and you just would never think, oh, yeah. that's going to work or that's a good idea. He's so interesting. Yeah. And then he almost doesn't even make the movie that it's supposed to be about. But then in all those middle parts between the story, you're like, oh, shit, this is really good again. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 sure. I recommend it. I, I just think, you know, really, really strong. Um, I also watched the... Uh, the newest version of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah, I got to watch Which that the too. original is uh, just one of the all-time great war or anti-war movies. I don't sure. even know if there are such a thing as anti-war movies. To me, they're all war movies, whether they're, you know, critiquing or, or whatever, chest-thumping. But um, the new one, I thought, if you're going to remake a classic, I, I thought they did a really good job. I don't think it needed to be remade. 
but I guess a lot of people don't watch a movie from, you know, 1930 yeah. or whenever it was. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's one more outside of that, that pretty much covers everything for me until we get to TV, which I've also seen a lot. of. Yeah. Right. We'll talk um, about TV in a minute. Yeah. Um, so, so Babylon and avatar, you Babylon, start with? let's talk about avatar first. Yeah, let's um, do it. Avatar, the way of water. Um, I've seen it twice now in the theaters, which of, do you know which version you saw? Like what were the um, specs? <laughs> I can't. Re- I did whatever you told me to do. Did you see it? Well, I don't, I don't know what now. I told you to do. Did you? You saw it on an AMC. Then. Yeah, we went to IMAX or Dolby Century. Uh, I think it was Dolby. Actually, it Dolby. Wasn't, okay. It wasn't IMAX, but it was not 3D. It was 3D. It was. Yeah. So okay, interesting. Um, I Maybe I'm wrong. They, Maybe it could have been I IMAX. I I don't think Dolby does a 3D, but maybe they do. Well, then maybe it was IMAX. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, either way, whatever you saw was probably good. Wait, I, does Prime do? What's the difference in? Well, pr- there's Prime, Dolby, and IMAX, and I don't know that Prime or Dolby does 3D. Maybe well, we it saw does. It in 3D, so it must have been okay. Doesn't matter. I I okay. could be wrong. Okay. Um, bottom line is you saw it in 3D. You saw it in premium format 3D, which sure. is really all that you can yeah. do. Yeah. Um, you didn't see it in high frame rate though, because they don't show it in high frame rate at amc i'm pretty sure you went to grauman's right i went to the chinese yeah the flagship chinese you know or the you know main screen and um high frame rate i both times that i've seen it now i've seen it at imax high frame rate 3d you you've watched seven hours of avatar yes, I sure have okay um and uh and I, by the way i enjoyed it the second time just as much as the first i okay. i thoroughly enjoyed this so movie you really liked it I really, really liked it. And I think the biggest part for me is not the story because as of course every person has ever said about Avatar <laughs> is just like, eh, it's kind of dumb. That you doesn't know? matter to me. Or it, but it's like the story itself is not why you're there. You're there yeah, exactly. because it's a spectacle of filmmaking. And James Cameron is just a master of technical stuff. And he's also the master of like hype in a way where I'm going to mention a couple of things. He's got a, a he's, he's, probably one of our smartest directors in terms of what's what all the elements are that are going into being successful and i think a big part of what doesn't happen with other movies is that you have a director who's an artist and they have a vision and they make that and then that's kind of it and understanding the dynamic of why people go to the movies and why they should go see your movie, it doesn't end with you finishing the movie. It If you have a big-budget action movie uh, or, you know, spectacle blockbuster, you, there's so much more that you kind of could be doing. And I, I, this is just evidenced by seeing James Cameron in the press and what he has to say about things. Um, a couple of examples like... Um, he is already talking because famously they filmed two and three together. Right. So this one and three were kind of, now they're going to do four and five like he initially wanted. And to. yeah, and I haven't even kept up with the news on that, but basically, you know, he said in the press, he said the script for avatar four got zero notes from the studio. The creative executive for, for the films <laughs> that might wrote me an email that said, Holy fuck. <laughs> and that's it. So it, uh, but that's like, it's, that. it's the ego of, him knowing that whatever he makes is going to be great that makes him make great stuff like it's they're not two separate things it's all part of the same thing so him saying that in the press and sharing that little tidbit is such a throwaway thing but it's 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 hype it's it's excitement over this thing and so that doesn't it's confidence to put it out there yeah 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 
Um, I so I really enjoyed Way of Water. Um, I, I was extremely emotionally affected by the family story. Um, I would say that my complaints about the first Avatar were mostly that the some of the supporting characters were really corny, and that is not uncommon in James Cameron movies. Th- uh, you know, thinking back to Aliens, like that's my problem with Aliens. Uh-huh. Aliens is a lot of fun, and it's a it's a wonderful action sure. movie. But like, it has some really some goofy, stupid stuff, yeah. characters in it that are both dumb in what they do in the movie, but then the the performances are kind of stilted and and corny yeah. and like that follows all the way up through avatar where you have certain characters that are just really corny and dumb and this one you didn't the, feel like there were in this um, one it, less less so less. and, and I, I, I give a, i give a huge pass to teenagers sure like bro. this movie's full bro. of teenagers bro bro and, and i don't bro. mind i don't mind <laughs> like a corny teenager because eh, you know it's fine like they're you know that's not our age but sure. when you when you put a 40 year old in a movie who's really like ridiculous i ha- kind of have a problem with it yeah um you know if you don't see the reason for it uh, anyways, so I think it was less. Well, I had less irritation and more enjoyment. I agree and disagree. And look, you may be able to blow me out of the water on, you know, the frame rate. And, you know, maybe you just didn't see it the way you did, um, the way I should have or whatever. And by the way, the, the high frame I rate tried to. is not important. Okay. I, w- I was telling you, like, yeah, see it in 3D because yeah. the 3D is great. Um, high frame so, rate is not important. a couple things. One, um, I... Uh, I will give major creative props to Cameron for figuring out a way to continue to kill and bring back his same villain, his like main <laughs> villain over and over. Cause clearly we're going to get a third go round on that. Right. Um, so I don't know how I feel about that a little bit back and forth. Um, I've said before, I have no issue with the plot of this movie when people try to say, you know, this is dance of the wolves or this look, I'm the guy who wants to see the next version of the hero's journey over and over again anyway. Just sure. give it to me a different way. I think like it's a it's a universal story that will work forever. And that's the reason it's been told so many times anyway. So I can't talk about how much I love Star Wars and then, you know, blast Avatar for, right. for that doesn't matter to me. Um plotting is a little bit different. And I did feel like uh, for the first time really ever with Cameron, including the first avatar. Yeah. I felt like the plotting was a little bit lazy um, from opening with the montage of the family, which is fine. Yeah. Right. There, there's nothing wrong with it. It's the easy way to do it. It's not the Cameron way that kind of, I, I expect down to like, I'll just give you one example, but I had made a long list and there's no need to go through all of them, but down to when they're cuffed to the boat, they mm-hmm. escape, they come back, they immediately get caught, cuffed to the boat again. Yep. To me, you know, that moment where they even nod to the kind of wink at the audience and say, I can't believe I'm cuffed again. Like, that yeah. is funny, but there's a reason you build that joke in. And as somebody who's tried to plot and write before, yeah, right. it's when you were like, maybe we'll come back to this, you know, or figure out another way. Like, a good example of continuing to have conflict and keep the thing going is when the daughter gets kind of sucked down that shaft and the mom dives Uh after her. Yeah. Now you've got a new scenario where she's trapped. It's the same thing, but you've actually come up with a different scenario. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. And again, that might not matter to you, but it, it, it just was in my mind. I was trying not to focus on it and it kept rearing its head. So that was one thing. Um, I, thought it was you know as good looking as the first avatar something about it being in the water as much as everything was you know 
beautiful or whatever. Something about it being in the water. I wrote this down. I said, it's just so blue. The, the <laughs> blue people are surrounded by blue with blue creatures. I think like the jungle, at least giving a little bit of a Some color depth, variety. Yeah, okay. Not even depth. Like again, everything was, it's not like I'm questioning the imagery. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. It's just like, I felt like, okay, well, Cameron loves the ocean, man. He loves oh, yeah. blue and he loves this stuff. And I know that, but there was less variety because of that. Um, 3d to me, no matter how good it looks, I'm just, I'm not the biggest fan. I've talked about this before, so I don't want to blast it for that. It is a reason to go to the theater and I went and I enjoyed it, but no matter what we say, like if they say, well, we, we see in three dimensions. So 3d is the closest to what you're seeing, I guess, but it always felt to me a little bit like the CG version of what we see, (laughs) like to an extent, Mm -hmm. like no matter how sharp and clear everything is, there's always going to be edges of the frame, right? Mm-hmm. Where things get a little wonky and weird and like warped. And then I kept thinking about Dune and I kept thinking like I left Dune and I was just like, well, visually just stunning and I'm blown away. And I don't know that I would put, even though it's a different technology, I don't know that I would say, oh, the visual spectacle you can't miss of Avatar 2. I don't think I would put that ahead of Dune, which is in 2D. Yeah, and maybe that speaks to like the artistry of film versus bringing you what's real again. Like this is a version of well, what's let's, real. Let's just touch on that real quick because that's a really interesting comparison. Dune is a director that doesn't want you to see CG, meaning that right. That's not. It's an interesting comparison in that you're comparing kind of the visuals or what you get out of the visuals sure. of these it's two. It's personal. It's a personal yeah. take. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but the famously. Um, the the uh, Denis Villeneuve like really went to great lengths to make a lot of the visuals of Dune very practical, and more specifically, the colors of Dune based in reality, real reflections of right. real color and things like that. When they're using green screen and whatnot, they didn't really use green screen; they used like brown screens. Like they just really tried to make things feel as real as possible, and that's just not what Avatar is. So I I. I don't play video games. I don't have a a, a modern console or anything like that. Most young people do. Yep. Totally get it. And this movie is a video game. It's an open world video game of CG creatures. And uh, it's not like we haven't seen movies that are, mostly CG of course we've seen tons but like it is very much attempting to appeal to that generation who are used to an an entirely CG environment where it's not trying to look like film I get it's that. not trying get to that. be anything other than high frame rate CG goodness and um and I guess I just really I I mean I know you knew that too but I knew that going in to the extent that it's like all right well this is not going to look like a movie. It's going to look like a video game. <laughs> you but know? It, yeah, but it's. I guess it, it feels confused a little bit to me just in – I mean, look, I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit, but it, the, such, so much of the core of this is nature, right? And so much of the core of this is <laughs> – Alien nature. Like all the, yeah, sure, <laughs> alien nature, but nevertheless, like kids being like, oh, I wish I could live in that, you know, and all this sure. other stuff. And clearly, uh, Cameron loves nature. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like yeah. even if it's the sea, like he – that the sea here, yeah, uh, you know, it directly influences the yeah, sea there. I mean, sure. I understand it's a fantasy world, but all of these messages are supposed to be applicable, 
you know, to us. So I don't know that that, that this is just my personal thoughts. But speaking of that with nature, I did I did think during the course of the thing I was like, okay, I was like, I I hate when people do this. I'm just gonna do it. So just bear with me. But I was like, so the blue people. I know they're all a little bit blue, but the blue people come from the jungle where they've evolved green, to blend into the people. jungle and the green people are in the blue water. And I kept thinking, I think we should have started with the green people, Jim, like before we, <laughs> anyway, that's a totally, that's so it doesn't matter. That's, so that's like when people complain about the computer virus and independence day. I'm, but I'm just saying if we're computer talking about nature and everything else, virus. computer, computer virus. Uh, and then again, one like, uh, last thing, uh, the, yeah. um, Again, these are just little. Look, I was a screenwriter, so I'm just I'm just throwing these in. But yeah. the um, the idea of them being so linked um, to nature, I found v- some very moving moments. I was actually very emotionally pulled in. Really, just one big time. The family didn't impact me probably as much as you. Not that it didn't have any impact, but the well, when the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, when the son dies, um, yeah. that was obviously very moving. But when the middle child, the middle son connects with the whale like creature. I'm not going to remember all the names. That stuff was all very, very moving to me. And the way they hunted them down was incredibly emotionally impactful. That was the strongest part of the entire movie to me. And I I acknowledge that. And I think that was really solid again, in terms of plotting and just little moments that just don't quite, I mean, again, I expect the highest from Cameron. So I'm being more critical here, but this idea that the um, avatar creatures, I don't remember what their name name is, but that they are so connected to these whale type creatures and they actually meet and commune and speak, yeah, right. which, which I thought was beautiful. But the fact that they do that and one of these whale creatures has been literally outcast from them because they will not fight no matter what happens, they will right. not fight, but they have a direct neural link to, you know, if they want to, to the avatar creatures who do fight and do hunt I don't know. That was just, there was something there where I was like, well, hang on a minute. Like I know they're not the same species, but clearly they're almost like related to one another. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why it mattered with one to the point they would shun them altogether to the other that bothered me. And then them calling in the medicine ship. I just thought you, when you've been so careful and you've run away, you know what I mean? Like that, that to me seemed very, very like first draft where it's like, and then of course they got caught, you know, and brought, Right, all this you know chaos that they didn't want to bring to uh-huh. the tribe, and those were again little things. The other thing was the substance where they're drilling into the whale thing's head, and I'm just yeah. like, what on this planet does not fuel a city or, or <laughs> so, like? I was like, we had the unobtainium, unobtainium or whatever the first yeah. one, and that at least seemed more like we're mining it, and not like who first drilled into this thing's head. It actually reminded me of Cowboys and Aliens when. They're like, yeah, gold powers their ships. And we're like, what? Like, <laughs> what if at least they found oil before we knew what it was yeah, right. and that powered their ships? Anyway, so these are nitpicky things. I'm not saying there's nothing valuable. I'm happy it's done well. I'm happy people have gone back to theaters and I'm happy more than anything that maybe this will spark studios to be like, not just Marvel, you know what I mean? Let's, yeah. let's get things running. So I'm a, I'm a big proponent. I'm a big supporter. Um, but at the same time, I can't lie and say that I really cared. Yeah. It felt the same to me as the first Avatar. I'm glad I saw it. I think the spectacle is great. I don't think it's the most amazing thing I've ever looked at. But like you said, it's a different thing than a Dune. And maybe that's just my preference. As yeah, far as I gotcha. Goes. Those are all my thoughts on that. My last two thoughts are that I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Jermaine Clement is in this movie. And yeah. they don't allow him to have his New Zealand accent. Yes. Except that the 
character that he's performing alongside does. He's maybe not New Zealand. He might sure. be Australian. Sure. But the the guy that he's working with on the boat does. And you're just like, what? I know. Why? Um, I remember looking at him and being because like, that is Jermaine I could Clement, be, right? I could be way off base about this. It sounds like Jermaine's voice is dubbed. The entire it I'd sounds to, to me back. like the entirety me, of Jermaine's voice is not him. Interesting. It could be him, and maybe I've just never heard him do an American accent, and it's very stilted. Right. But like, it sounded not his voice. And if they recorded the whole movie with him in his accent, then they went, "Oh, we need him to have <laughs> yeah. a neutral American accent." Uh, what? Weird. Why? And why is he in it unless he just wanted to be in it? It was like, let me be in this. that. So that feels a little weird to me just <laughs> yeah, because Jermaine Clement is is very beloved. Super He's talented. a very beloved, yeah. talented guy. And why is he in this movie in this very small role when he doesn't really have any comedic beats? Um, I, I just don't. I yeah, don't understand weird, that. Weird and stuff. then the last thing I'll mention was Del Toro's quote. Uh, Guillermo Del Toro tweeted after seeing Avatar. He says, Seeing it, you realize how long it has been since you saw a movie, movie, yeah. and in caps. And he said, "Like that in caps." <laughs> That's so, cool, and I love um, Del Toro. Let me let me end on a positive note too. Yeah. Jess's niece, who, as you said, is the target audience for this. She's a senior in high school. Right. She grew up on the first one. Right. Um, she commented so early with us about how they, they were like somebody said like, "Oh my god, it's three and a half hours or whatever, three hours twenty And she was like. Doesn't even feel like that. I was two hours in, not even knowing I was that far. Yeah, in. She right. Loved it. She was fully in. You know, that's cool. In it. I like that. And I did not say one word about my own criticism for it right. because I was so happy that she. You know, you can relate she to those it, things. Yeah. If Star Wars is that for me, or Lord yeah, of the Rings, right. or whatever your favorite Lord of the Rings, or whatever. I was like, I was just so stoked sure. that this younger person loved going to the movies and a particular movie. Yep. That I was like, that's all that matters anyway. That so great. I say that with all of my long-winded, you know, these are my critiques. That's that's the biggest thing, yep. I think. So Babylon. Um, actually, before Babylon, I forgot a couple, but I'm not going to oh, yeah. go into them. Yeah, I'm yeah, just going to mention off. them. I saw, I did see the Whitney Houston. I want to dance to somebody movie. Did you like it? Um, it's worth watching. And okay. to your mom's question about you know drugs and and things like that, we were also worried because we went in, you know, not knowing really how how heavily is it going to go into her downfall and all those later years where she's just, you know, stuck in a drug, you know, cycle. Sure. And, um, it didn't really, it was a very, it's a very positive movie. It was produced by Clive Davis, who was, you know, the, the guy that famously first signed her and Clive is portrayed in the movie by Stanley Tucci. And, you know, it's, so it, it's coming from a very familial, perspective where Clive was kind of like, you know, an uncle to her for all those years or whatever, or a second father or whatever. And, um, it's very emotional and it's very sweet and it's excellent at showing her, uh, progression in her early years from, you know, being kind of a scrappy young kid to, you know, elevating and elevating and elevating. And, um, and it recreates like some of her music videos. There's just a lot of fun, wonderful stuff in it. And uh, the girl playing her, I forget her name, is uh, doing a wonderful, uh, outstanding yeah, job, yeah. Uh, both singing and and I don't know to what extent they mixed, you know, like Whitney's vocals with hers. I don't, I yeah. don't know. I didn't look into that. Um, it doesn't sound like they did, but maybe they did. Um, but in the end, it doesn't lean heavily on the drugs and the abuse and her death. It 
shows them just enough so that you get the got it you know the drama well um, i would want to see it either way but it didn't end it, up definitely. being a christmas movie for um, us of that. we saw megan the other day megan is really fun um <laughs> i encourage you to see it just because it's that is a that is a stupid fun like january movie you know what you say is, stupid but hey, it's that, stupid that is but the, it's also really sure, fun. i'm sure yeah. it is but that is the only version of chucky that i've ever found that could be believable <laughs> where i was like yeah you yeah, know yeah. what this is a little different than just yeah, kick yeah. the doll out the yeah, window right right <laughs> so anyway it's a very powerful <laughs> okay. robot yeah yeah um and then i did see broker the other day too which is in theaters now it's a it's a foreign film that is directed oh, by a japanese this. director but it's it takes place in korea and it's uh, you know, a wonderful Korean cast. It's it's one of the better movies this year for sure. Okay. It was extremely emotional when seeing it, but then did it stay with me after the fact? Eh, yeah, to some extent. I'm not like it's 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 a very very good 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 movie. Got it. Um, okay. Now we can talk about Babylon, and that's our last movie to talk about. But Babylon is almost too big to talk about. <laughs> it's 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 going to be hard. Like I have no notes because sure. like it's hard to even say anything about Babylon. I think that if you're a film fan and Damien Chazelle, like he's only made a couple of things, right? He made whiplash, which is an all timer for me. One of the best movies ever made. Um, La La Land, one of my favorite movies ever, ever the best. I saw that. I think the most of any movie I can remember seeing in the, I think I saw it four times in theaters and that like, I I truly, it's one of my favorite movies. Then he made first man, I forget if he made another one in there, um, but he made First Man, and that was fine. I didn't. I don't remember really yeah. caring about First Man that much. And then I he made agree. this. Felt the same. Um, and he spent obviously the last many years, three ish years, maybe four. I don't know, making Babylon, and um, it's one of the biggest movies I've ever seen. It the scale of this movie alone is a reason to see it. The the significance of the environments and the sets and the complexity of the scenes are, are so next level that um, I think just purely from a director standpoint, he should be up for the Oscar for best director for this movie. Um, But a lot of people don't like this movie because it's so, debaucherous yes and i was all kind in. of Don't off-putting yeah. in a way very off-putting in part but it's like if you don't if you if you don't have a sensitive um like constitution for this kind of stuff and you're okay seeing like whatever uh, i'm also kind of blown away i assume it's rated r i'm kind of blown away that it's yeah. only r i think it, it was it it, it feels to me like an nc-17 movie um if blonde is nc-17 let me tell you something yeah babylon definitely nc-18 yeah right right. um so i guess the point is that if that strikes you then yeah you should see babylon it's very long and it cut it's an epic it covers decades and decades and decades in a way and and it it's very satisfying i want to see it again because it's so dense and by the end of it it's a movie uh, about the creation of modern filmmaking, uh, both technically and kind of like, um, uh, you know, not emotionally, but um, psychologically, the changes that had to happen yeah. in the actor and director and producer's minds to get to a point where movie making is basically what it is today. Starting in the 30s, 40s, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, 
we're basically still making movies the exact same way. I mean, yes. there's not a whole yes. lot different. It, it's a, it's a, it's an art, but it's also a trade and it's a technical, you know, kind of, um, set of kind of rules. Uh, this is what you have to do. And, uh, it changed a lot over the course of this movie. Well, so, I was going to say that the transition before between silent, to sound, silent to sound still yeah. to this day was the biggest revolution film ever had. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, this is why it's such a good starting place, you know, for a movie or, or like setting, if you want Just to say, I mean, story, yeah. Sunset Boulevard, uh, Singing in the Rain, sure, they, yeah. they were very different movies than this and than each other. Right. But the reason they're all so powerful is they all do revolve around this thing that did happen. Then you couple that with the fact that the 20s in and of themselves with the flappers. And if you've read Great Gatsby, there's a reason it's set then that whole thing of like just the endless party. Uh, right. that finally the check came to be paid, you uh-huh. know, and for other stories, that's when the great depression hits, but for Hollywood, yeah. it really is the transition where overnight yeah. people who had become, you know, seemingly untouchable, everything changed. Um, so that's always going to be a strong theme for me. And I, a friend wrote to me asking how I thought about it. Maybe it's you that said this to me earlier, how somebody said, it's like it's two movies, one that's one of the oh, best movies I've ever seen. I had I had just read a, gr- a great review of it's like two movies, one that's really, really good and one that's really, really bad. <laughs> and they just mix them together. Two one and a half hour movies because it's, th- plus, <laughs> sure, it's over three sure, hours. Yeah, this movie. A little over three. Yeah. So Jess would agree with you on that. Uh, there were parts she really liked. She felt like it was. Not just too long. She thought it was way too long. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, now, I didn't feel that way at all. I can wrap up and live in a movie that's about mm-hmm. movie making mm-hmm. and about Hollywood. I mean, I, I kept thinking these are definitely different movies, but I kept thinking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, of course. And how much I liked that, well, even though like, that was divisive to an extent. It's like an epic. That's sure. like kind of the def- and, definition and, of and it. And if I want to be there and I like the environment, and it's something I'm already interested in. I'll sit there for six hours. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wrote to a buddy who asked me, I said, you know, I'm a sucker for old Hollywood stuff. Um, as I understand it, it's been pretty divisive, but I particularly liked the dozens at least of references or even direct lifts from famous other films mm-hmm. and beats from films. And yeah. like I mentioned, Singing in the Rain, that whole section yeah, yeah. of the sound where they're in the booth, which by the way, That's spoiler alert, that one guy of, dying. Was, one of the one of the best sequences I've ever seen oh on film God, about it film. Was so good. I, I was so it's so expertly directed and and edited. And the bottom line is it is it's so familiar <laughs> yeah for anybody that's ever worked on a movie it in a few minutes and that scene is probably 20 minutes long yes. it's not yes. short it just goes and goes and goes and goes and it drives home the point that that scene is making is you don't that need anything this, that scene this is what filmmaking is and it's almost to show a person who has never made a movie? Right. What it what goes into it? It is a little class on the frustration of making a movie without really having to. Um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't need it barely needs to have sound, but yeah, that it's just about everyone's um. Uh, everyone in that scene is so frustrated. <laughs> yep. They don't even need to talk. It's such sure. an interesting thing. We were laughing yeah. during that scene. We were nervous. We like everything yes. hit at once. The emotions um, are very heightened. I will yeah. say uh, again, just to tack onto this, it, you know, the formula just works for me. That rise and fall 
of the old and young yeah. or, or like I said, living large until it comes time to pay the bill. Right. That that's just, that's not anything that's ever not going to work for me. Um, and again, this isn't this, this is where it's not the same as once upon a time in, in Hollywood. You know, they, they live kind of in the same world. It's like they could have existed hundred years of, or 50 years apart or whatever, sure. but, but they're totally different in terms of that story to me in terms of the debauchery stuff, while it is jarring, I mean, it is like, some of it is very and, shocking and, and right yeah. down to the girl, you know, presumably dying at the party or whatever with the overweight actor. I mean, this stuff yeah. goes back to, you know, real actors and like, if you look into this stuff, even little throwaway lines, like Brad Pitt essentially says, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, right. but in a much more brash and like not eloquently written way, right. but that's still the idea, right? All of these things were so strong and so powerful. And in my opinion, if you cut out the debauchery, you wouldn't be being honest. Like, I know everything was over the top in this movie yeah. in a way. But to me, that is part of the story. That's I mean, kind we, of the we all know. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can't leave that out. It's no different. You know what it is? It's no different to me than Goodfellas or Casino which mm-hmm. we all applaud yes. for Scorsese. And I guess That's it's easier point. for us to be like, well, of course, mafia, it comes time to pay the bill or whatever. But listen, the underbelly of Hollywood yeah. has always been that too, to say yeah. nothing of the casting couch stuff and everything yeah, like right, that. Right. But all of this stuff to me was so potent, so relevant. I thought so strong throughout. I was deeply uncomfortable during the sequence to the point that I almost was like, okay, yeah, I think this is too, too much, yeah. but later I, I pull that back for the reasons I just mentioned, but the whole segment, um, with, uh, Tobey Maguire. Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, and you've got the, no, no, t- ele- totally uncomfortable. You've got elephant man right there, you know, yeah. in that sequence. So like all, and again, that harkens back to another famous movie that it was just peppered in as if they spent years, the little Easter eggs right? Uh, uh, that you don't need to understand the movie. And then the last thing I'll say is the, the um, I thought it was so fucking strong. Um, the I'm not going to get into any spoilers here, but the interaction towards the end of the movie with Brad Pitt and the columnist, the, the gossip. Oh, columnist, very good scene. I mean, you could cut that clip out and I could watch that on a loop. I just, it, it touched on everything so perfectly. It articulated st- stuff so powerfully and emotionally to me, and I thought Brad was perfect, and I mm-hmm. thought everybody was perfect in the scene and throughout. And I just, I, I loved it through and through. I'm a, it's one of my favorites of the year, if not my favorite of the year. I can't give it a higher rating. I, I just, I get why some people won't want to watch it. I told my mom she doesn't need to see it. She never right. will want to watch right, it. Right. I was like, unless it's on network TV, which I can't even imagine how much you'd be cutting no, out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I love this kind of movie, so I'm not the most objective person, but sure. man, boy, boy, oh boy, I left and I was just It's very, away. it's very rich and, uh, and yeah. Damien strikes again. I, I can't me. wait to see it again. Um, I just realized I ha- I do have a couple written down that I saw that I watched at home that you had already seen before. So I just sure. want to mention that I got back to them. Um, I saw, uh, 13 lives finally and yeah. loved it. Wasn't it good? That story is just so, so powerful, so powerful and so rich and Uplifting. so wonderful. Um, and so hopeful, inspiring, and, and beautiful and all of it. And I just think that the casting in that movie, those three guys, um, coming in, uh, you know, and those are very famous actors. My they, man Vigo. They just are wonderful. And then all of the supporting cast, <coughs> excuse me um i just uh, wonderful wonderful movie yep. you got to see 13 lives and if you didn't see the documentary about the true story uh, that's called the rescue um and then i finally watched rrr which i hadn't seen oh my god i, I only watched it like it. three days ago 
and it is amazing. It has everything. It may be too much, <laughs> but it, it has everything it is you could ever imagine. Truly, an amazing movie that I can't, I can't give it super high marks because, of course, it comes from a you know the the Bollywood, Bollywood genre. Yeah where they make movies cheaply and fast yes, yes. and they make them without a whole lot of attention to certain things that we do in our style of filmmaking here, which is um, things like dialogue and onset sound and they're just better execution. All, there's just better a execution. lot of elements that th- they clearly do not put a whole lot of time on because they're focusing on, on other things. Yeah. yeah. It's just not part of their style. Um, and so from that point of view, that's where I have to dock it a little sure, bit because I'm course, just viewing it, you know, as someone that doesn't watch a lot of Bollywood movies and, and, you know, but the context is that it is as fun of a yes, action movie fun. as has ever probably been made yeah, ever um and if you were 13 and right. you came across this for the first yes. time or if i was it, it would have been me, the greatest it, movie i'd well ever seen. it reminds me of when i saw kung fu hustle when it came sure. out originally and that's sure. you know by the way rrr is also the movie i would have invented at 13 <laughs> if you gave me enough money and people right. around me like right. it, and i'm not i'm not trying this is not a knock on the movie but this is actually exactly the story. It's kind of a beat for it beat is kind of I would have come up juvenile with in my, in my thirteen year old. Like the way and that then they dance, the way <laughs> like, that women are portrayed, and the way that sure. like, they kind of come it's in and fantasy, out, and they're man. just it's a it, fun it's, fantasy. It's a little juvenile, but it is very jumping very, the very fence. Fun. That whole scene at the beginning, holy shit, man! There's, <laughs> there's just a million so great things. There's a tiger that's thrown at someone in this yeah, movie. Yeah, Pick yeah. him up and throw him. I yeah, think. yeah. When he uses the the motorcycle as a as a you know when they meet under the bridge with the horse. There's just yeah, yeah. so many moments you will be laughing in delight if yeah. you watch this movie. It it's really fun. fun. I'm so really glad fun. you got to see it, man. And, um, yeah, well said. So let's talk about some TV. I don't have a ton that I want to talk about, but I've watched a few things. Um, I've watched a bunch. Uh, did you watch Fleischman is in Trouble on Hulu? Nope. Um, I highly recommend that. That is one of the best shows this year. It's um, Claire Danes and Jesse Eisenberg and um, right. Lizzie Claire Kaplan. Yeah. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. <laughs> You know who else was involved in in uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet? A guy named William Shakespeare. Bill Shakespeare. Uh, um, a lot of Hollywood movies are based on his place. Yeah, little, this is a little Chocolat. shout out to Orange County, by <laughs> yeah. the way. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, it's which one is of, one of our have we ever favorites. played that clip? Maybe we'll play that. <sighs> we should. I'll, we need I'll to make do a, a commentary on that movie. I anyway, love Orange County so anyway, much. I'm sorry to throw you. Um, couldn't help it. So uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's right. Claire Danes. Uh, that's Mike White, of course, writer of The White Lotus. Yeah, I know. Even uh, better. So it's, it's full circle. Oh, my God. Uh, but I guess the point is that I highly recommend Fleischman is in Trouble. It's a wonderful okay. uh, limited series on Hulu. Uh, I think you'll love it. And I think that uh, anybody that is of our age, you know, let's say uh, closer to 40, and maybe we're thinking about kids, maybe we don't have kids, maybe we are struggling with uh, a pseudo midlife crisis, both men or women. Boy, it's, I am. It's just, kind of, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sounds uh, like the show for me. <laughs> it's a, it's a really powerful show about, um, kind of finding your place and, um, and, uh, and, and more specifically kind of the, the way that we are nostalgic for an era that has passed yes. our younger selves. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, it's really great. And, uh, Lizzie Kaplan is this, the, oh, uh, is the, what do you call it? Like the, lead uh well i was gonna say she's the third lead oh 
Okay. You know, Jesse sure. Eisenberg is the lead and Claire Danes is the second lead got and it, Lizzie it. Kaplan is the third lead. Lizzie Kaplan is really the sleeper star of this show and uh and I love her. So, um okay, fair enough. And then uh, I watched that mini or the the little docu series Pepsi Where's My Jet. That was pretty fun. Uh, I still haven't seen that, but I really do check want that out. To. I know the, watching, I know the yeah. whole story, but um, where are you at in the Yellowstone universe? Have you ever gotten around to it? No. So now what, we have 1923. Yeah, what we've decided to do, and I realize this will put us way behind, but Jess is finally like sort of ready. Well, I'm not going to say ready because that doesn't mean <laughs> tomorrow we'll start. Sure, but like yeah. it's kind of next on our docket for Big Show to tackle. But she actually wants to watch. Yellowstone and all the offshoot uh, offshoot shows in the order that in they the order debuted. of release, so, yeah. yeah. So, which I think you know, let's experience that's good. It the way everyone that's else good. Did. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to jump on first with Yellowstone for a couple seasons, and then we'll do eighteen eighty three. That's and great. Continue Yellowstone. In that's great. But I'm very excited about it. My mom and brother absolutely love it. It's still their favorite thing ever. It's great. hilarious to me that my mom has stayed with it. Most of her friends have dropped out. So I'm very really ha- well because oh. just the some of the brutality. I think. It's very violent. They're at sometimes. an age and they're from an area where yeah. for a lot of them they're like you know I don't even know how they watch any movies because they don't yeah. like any conflict right. but um but yeah i'm very proud of her for continuing and it's hilarious to me that they have watched so it's much good of it and they love it and i have it and you know and so far um they all three of these shows are a little different like 19 or excuse me 1883 is sure. like a hard western, a western yeah. and uh, it's very dramatic and intense Yellowstone is more of a modern soap opera. Um, and then, by the way, um, Costner won the Golden Globe the other night. Just oh, did he? Oh, in. nice. Yeah, which I was happy um, about. That is great. Love him. Uh, and then, um, and then, nineteen twenty-three being brand new, we've only had maybe three episodes or something. Um, is great, and Harrison Ford's doing great work. Yeah, Helen Mirren, and hero it's, here. it's uh, there's some really wonderful stuff in this show. Supposedly, the budget of nineteen twenty-three is like. 30 million an episode so it's it's hard to even imagine where that money's going even sure. when you watch it but at the same time i'm glad that paramount's throwing so much money yeah, that's at it that's cheap um, compared to rings of power <laughs> yeah that's fair that was like 100 million an episode or something um oh stupid but yeah. I, it's hard to imagine that much money yeah, being crazy. spent but i guess well look whatever. the minute they showed me that it was you know it's it's the same creator right for and it's harry and helen i was like yeah yeah this can't be bad might right. not be the best right. thing i've ever seen but right. it can't right. be bad so I'm excited for that um, too. And then uh, also uh, we watched, or I watched all of, and it has ended, Mythic Quest Season 3. That show's really dropped off for me. Did you guys watch Haven't it this season? not Season 3 yet. We were big fans of the show, but it's been a while, and yeah. I find myself, if find, I find, I'm finding it difficult to get back to some Here's of the stuff where there's been a long my breaks. two cents. If you don't remember caring so strongly about the show, like the first season was great, yeah. second season was fine, Right. this third season... I would put in the category of like, they should probably end it at this point because it's really not giving me anything that I didn't already know. Well, we've talked have. about this before. I'd rather you leave um, with me wanting more yeah. than continue to drag so it on. So my, my two cents is maybe just don't watch the third season. Um, gotcha. I found it kind of weak. Um, Slow Horses season two aired. Uh, did you watch the I, first one? I just started season one. I'm only a couple episodes in, sure, but yeah. I am on board. Cool. And you were the one who told me I would really like this. And of oh, course, yeah, I've great. read good reviews and stuff, or positive stuff. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've just started. So I'm like just starting the journey, but I really, really um, uh, dig so it. So what's crazy, and I think I mentioned this to you via text, but they were supposed to only be these two seasons. And so at some point over the last many months, they renewed it for even more they were very hard lined about oh the second season is the end right and uh they are now doing i think at least two more seasons of it so i'm 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 excited it's a, just a wonderful show and it's yeah. it's it kind of like feels like a 70s th- crime thriller more than anything modern it, it just 
you know, the tone and the pacing and everything is very not American. It's very not um, annoying. It's very smart and very adult and very good. Cool. Um, And then the last TV thing I'll mention is... Oh, and we had all of Tulsa King. Did you watch Tulsa King? No, see, that's again, I'm that's one that one of, obviously I know that's is not part connected, of, but yeah, I'm, we're still going to watch it in the same okay. order. That's okay. what we made it. A you could watch that anytime. So, it's yeah. totally unrelated. But um, I love Sly. So. But uh, that was a the very fact that Sly and Harrison have both ended up. In, yeah, like, right. This guy's stuff. Anyway. Uh, it's very, very entertaining, and it's it's not like the best show ever. Sure. It, uh, I didn't see Sons of Anarchy, but Taylor Sheridan comes from that show, so like it's clearly of the same genre. It's this kind Got of. It you know, modern mob, not my sons of anarchy was, you know, gang related, but it Got very it. similar, similar vibe. Um, and then, um, white Lotus season two, I really loved, I liked it way more than season. Well, yeah, quite a bit more than season one, I would say. So Jess, she um, said the same thing. I've only seen season one. And, at this point. uh, and that's it for TV for me. What so do you, you didn't, you don't want to talk about, uh, Andor coming to it. Oh, to the, the finale. Well, it, 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 we did have an Andor We've finale. We talked about Andor, but we haven't talked about the how it came It's to been so long. I, I feel like that was a, a month or two ago. Uh, Andor, uh, in my news section, I do have a note that uh, they're currently filming the second season of Andor. Yeah. I'm really glad that it's getting a little more life, and supposedly this next season is it. They're just doing one more yeah, season of I think 12 great. episodes. Which I think is great. Um, so yeah, remind me how did it end or well, what happened? I forget. You know, I kind of don't remember. The ending really I know I loved it. Revolves around the mother character having passed away, and oh. at that point, them projecting yes, her. Remember, she yes, makes that big speech big and rallies in the, the street. Group. Yeah, and I just still feel it's. I'm just going to be echoing what we've already said, but it was so strong all the way through. It's my favorite of the Star it's Wars. The best shows, new Star Wars. It's thing. the best of the Star Wars shows. It may not yeah, be the yeah. most enjoyable, but but I just. I just can't believe this is something I didn't know I wanted in the yeah, Star right. Wars world, and I do. Um, and I thought it was so powerful. And there, there's even a line by the droid that I found heartbreaking, uh, not wanting to be alone and wanting to be, you know, losing a human and that right. connection that I found very powerful. Um, but just great. If you haven't watched Andor, like seriously, yeah. If if you are a fan of Star Wars at all, um, maybe even if you're not, even if you're not, um, it's just a it, like honestly, so I would. It it is more like. It's more like the way that people got really into The Sopranos or any number of hard dramas. It doesn't even matter what it's about. Like, oh, were you a big fan of the mob before The Sopranos? It's irrelevant what what the setting is. It's just amazing dynamics and acting and writing. And uh, it's just it's just great. Right. It's great. Um, Did you not watch any of Wednesday? No, I didn't see any of it. Is it good? Yeah, very strong. Really? Um, if no you're shit. a fan of that world and that kind yeah. of thing, uh, and it's gotten super great buzz uh, more than I thought it would, but um, I don't know that I've seen anything where I thought, okay, this actress is meant for this character really? more. Um, I'm trying to think of her name now, who plays Wednesday. Yeah, I don't even know. But she was in the new Scream movie, and she's been in some right. other things. But right. um, she's just spot on. Her performance is so good, um, and it's a fun, fun show. Again, if you're into that world. Uh, check it out. Um, I watched all of Willow um, because I'm a huge Willow fan. <laughs> Was it any good? Um, yeah, it, it's it's not great. It's not even anything I'm going to say if you love Willow, you have to sure, see. So, yeah. I, so I'm sure you won't get to it. But um, but it is not Willow. And I, I didn't like that it's not really... They, I don't feel like they went to great lengths to keep it sort of tonally an extension of that world. Oh, they just kind of did a new did a offshoot. Thing, yeah. 
Although it's got fun callbacks and it is a fun show. So again, if you like that world, check mm-hmm. it out. If you don't, mm-hmm. don't. Um, and then I watched the um, the third season of Jack Ryan. I binged all oh, the way through that, that yeah. uh, with yeah. my mom and brother good? over the holidays. Yeah, man. I just still really think they're it's, doing a good job my list, for that yeah. show. And the third season, I still like the second season the best, even though the first one I think is rated the highest. Um, but the this season... Each one, it's interesting, has done something different. The first season, you know, almost took a 24 angle and it was very much dealing with terrorist and uh-huh. Muslim terrorist, you know, or maybe not Muslim, but Middle Eastern terrorists. Yeah. Um, and uh, the second season is really kind of that South American coup going oh, on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that I just was just more intriguing to me, maybe because uh-huh. I'm burned out on terrorism. Yeah, sure. Um, but that but but what's interesting is, you know the first season was kind of its own thing. And like I said, almost like took its cues from 24, which I think sure. there are a lot of fans of the second season really is almost like a reimagining, uh, at least taking certain moments and re twisting them and kind of telling them over again in a different way of clear and present danger. Oh, cool. And then yeah. this one is very much revolves around Russia had some moments from hunt for Red October that if cool. you're familiar with that m- movie you'll remember but again told in a totally different way and i think this one was the most relevant to what's going on in our world oh, that's today cool. um and had some really really cool twists and turns so definitely check it out yeah that's still list. great um but yeah check that out when you get a chance um that's very cool um that's what i got for tv that's cool let's move on we're uh it's uh, we're going it's been seven or eight hours it's i think it's we're in our eighth hour yeah um <laughs> just uh moving on to like news and whatnot there have been a few people that have passed away we talked about kirstie alley um, she was young at 71, um, famous, uh, the famous composer of the music from Twin Peaks, Angelo Badalamenti died at oh, uh, 85. That. That's a really, you know, famous score from Twin Peaks. Um, Jason David Frank, who played the Green Ranger on the original Power Rangers passed away. Was he really was really sad. He man. was only 49. Yeah. Um, so that's very sad. I was a little old for the Power Rangers, but I know I, I was not. Jess yeah. being six years younger than me and yeah. her it hit nephews, us at the, exactly. all were really bummed by that i mean obviously it's yeah, sad no matter yeah. what but that was really close to them that was personal for them oh yeah so um barbara walters passed away at 93 she was pretty old but uh she was still working didn't seem that old though <laughs> and i think that old, that's yeah. why it shocked me and like it's not shocking <laughs> at 93 if right. you died overnight but no not at all for some reason i was like oh she was 93 i'm thinking she's in her 70s right and i know that's 100 yeah yeah so anyway um and then very recently lisa marie uh, presley also God. died that was incredibly was sad at the golden globes right when austin butler won and he got, and they were all and together for priscilla to outlive her is also oh, just so sad God. as well it's they're it's like really, the kennedys man yep they've got this I fame but it's like every decade another tragedy hits terrible it's really sad it's terrible um so bummer um and speaking about the golden globes uh you watched them right do you have any like we thoughts about to, them we happen to stumble upon them um a lot of people were um i'm trying to think of the comedian who hosted um his name jared carmichael yeah, yeah. Is that his name? so i like jared carmichael i think he did one of the best stand-ups i've ever watched um in a, i didn't finish that you're talking about his netflix special? the bo burnham directed one i did watch I would say at least half of it. And I was like, eh, it's fine. Oh, I was I, all in. He's, I don't know. His style is not really my His thing. style, I don't think, is very conducive to hosting. Yeah. But, man, he pulled no punches. I mean, his opening monologue. Clips, yeah. I don't know if you watched his opening monologue where he talks about, I'm here because I'm black. You know, and he he does cool. not make yeah. it comfortable for anybody, which, right. um, again, I think a lot of people were uncomfortable with. But right. he also came out with a couple Golden Globes and made some Scientology comments I saw that, that were one, very yeah. bold. Um, but, uh, but ultimately, you know, I I kind of – you know, Golden Globes, I used to tune in for every year. 
all of these award shows at this point, I'm, I'm going to tune in for the Oscars, but you know, they're, they're not what I want them to be in this right. campaigning and everything else, but they're still, there is some fun in them. I was happy for Austin Butler. I would have been just as happy for Brendan Fraser, but I really yeah. did love his Elvis. Elvis and I, is and I, and pretty I'm spectacular. Movie. I get, I get it. So yeah. I was happy that he won and we'll see what happens later, but I was happy that they were there, especially now with Lisa Marie passing away Yeah, and they kind of all shared that night. I mean, it was a couple nights before they passed away, it? but ultimately Golden Globes, you know, whatever. It was kind of uncomfortable the whole time, sort of like when you're sitting at a table with your maybe racist uncle or something. Right. <laughs> Not saying my uncle's a racist, but I'm just saying like where you're sort of like, okay, we're all back, right? Everything's yeah. okay. The biggest winner of the night was Brad Pitt because I think every other person that won an award because he was front and center first row yeah. just got distracted by his beauty and kept, <laughs> and kept mentioning That's it. That's pretty I funny. Mean, like even Austin Butler was like, oh, Brad, like you're my hero, whatever. But like there were several female That's award funny. recipients that ah, like, <laughs> were like, oh my God, Brad Pitt. Like, and they would just chuckle and they'd go right back into their thing. Even a presenter talked about it. So anyway, that That's was very cute. funny too. And, and he was, and he was great. He was the loudest cheer. For I everybody. find it difficult to, uh, to care about the golden gloves. It's going to be almost as hard to care about the Oscars as the years go on because yeah. of how yeah. miserable they've been in recent years. Um, and it sucks because we're coming up on the hundredth anniversary. Yeah. Of the Oscars right. And it like, should be the greatest celebration yeah. in 1928. And then there are, despite what everyone thinks, there are lots of good movies that come out every year and it's just about, you know, are they being represented and is, I don't know. I, well, this is again is the where, voting body uh, totally out of touch, or are they kind of got the pulse of the you know the movie that is one problem. That is business. one problem. The campaigning is another thing. Like anything yeah, with it's humans, gross. it's just yeah. corrupt and gross. gross. But the third element to me, and I read an article about this. I wish I could remember. I meant to send it to you. Maybe I did, but is about how because of the way, and this isn't the problem of the Oscars, because of the way the landscaping of film has pulled away, and we've lost that middle class. Yeah, you know, because of that. The the movies that are artistic and maybe should be, I'm not even saying the kind of movie that wins an Oscar, but maybe the ones that are the most relevant for, oh yeah, this is the biggest artistic achievement. Sure. So few people see those. Like if you go back and you look at the nominees in like the 90s even, right, compared to now, and there's just so many less people who have seen the movies that are that way. So then you're throwing in maybe your, your Black Panther or something. And I'm not saying that's not a, a, a worthy movie of winning like a best picture but it's almost like they're throwing in some that they know people will have seen if you look at the nominees and then those ones aren't going to win but at least we're pulling in with something you've seen and then there's this smaller movie that we know you haven't seen that you know i don't know there's something about that too where do you how can you expect people it's a little disingenuous yeah yeah. if they if they don't know the movies that are that are there they don't care and they don't know these movies so anyway yeah it's all true um so I'm going to rattle off some news, um, just some kind of headlines of fun things that are happening. But firstly, uh, I think I me- messaged you with this, but if you're in L.A., just uh, please note that the Culver Theater, formerly the Arclight in Culver yes, yes, City, yes. is now open as a movie theater again. Amazon bought it because they bought all of that property there. They bought the studio at Culver Studios. And um, if you're on the west side, uh, go see a movie there. It's fascinating because it seems to me, based on what I saw there, uh, because they let me walk around a little bit, is uh, that they are all LED walls. This is crazy. Yeah, pretty wild. You've never probably been to a movie looking at non-projection. <laughs> I don't think anybody has. And yeah. I, it, I think there are some other countries where these LED wall movie theaters are starting to become popular. Um, I, even though I build LED walls in some cases for a living, I don't really know 
whether or not financially, whether it's feasible to operate an LED wall for decades versus just a projection setup, you know, a single projector and a screen. Right. Uh, it seems like a projector and a screen would be better. Projectors have gotten so good. So it's like, I don't really know what we're doing here other than is it is it just a gimmick? Is it just for fun? Is it just, I don't know. Um, but it, it does seem that they've put in some really high-end LED walls and it's more of like an experiment, this theater. But they are showing first-run movies and uh, they're like not even available anywhere. Like when you go on Fandango, the theater doesn't even show up. Their ticketing is through Atom Tickets, A-T-O-M Tickets. It's a very bizarre venue, um, but uh, go see a movie there and, and see what it's like. And it's so funny. You brought this up to me, and you mentioned this to me and sent pictures, and then I I was like, wow, but I not really shared that with Jess. Yeah. And then we were driving through Culver City Passing, and she was like, holy shit, the, yeah. the Culver is open again. You know what I mean? Theaters yeah, open. yeah. And so all of that, like, we just happened to drive by. We're never in Culver City anymore. Sure, yeah. Me and neither. it was funny. I was like, yeah, I actually didn't mention it, but, you know, Kelly had mentioned all well, this Well, back before. in the old days when we worked, you know, right down the block, oh, yeah. we would we would have probably gone there all the time, but we just We went and saw Creed there. there. Did we? Yeah. Okay, I don't the remember. original Creed. I saw a lot of movies there. I saw Drive there. Or Rocky saw, 7. Um, a lot of things. Um, okay, so some news. Uh, some other news. Uh, it says Quentin's going to uh, shoot a, an eight-part TV series later this year. So I'm what? excited for that. Yeah, that's in the news that he's uh, he's gearing up for some TV series. We don't know what it and is. And that doesn't count um, towards his swan I, song uh, movie. Presumably not. Yeah. <laughs> so um, He's nice, finding ways around it. <laughs> the Oscars, upcoming Oscars, presumably, according to this, is going to air all of the categories live, meaning all the ones that they were trying right. to yeah. peel back last year. They're going to do them all live. That's good. Um, Joel McHale has revealed that they are filming the community movie finally hey. this summer, uh, presumably with almost everybody back. It's not too um, late for that. <laughs> no, no, no. We got to do it. No, I'm, I'm um, Adam Devine, that's his name, right? Yep. Uh, young guy yep. uh, from Workaholics. He tweeted the other day, he said, well, Paramount Plus decided to cancel the Workaholics movie. Obviously, uh, he says, this news is the loosest butthole. We were... <laughs> We were supposed to begin filming in guy. five weeks. That's pretty crazy that they're in pre-production is, and they're about to start filming. That does seem like and they bullshit. just pulled. Yeah, they pulled it. I just don't know why you would, because if you're at this point already, you're already locked into a pretty significant financial, you know. And what has changed in terms of, of the audience that you knew was there for this? To it, begin so with. this is the end of the tweet says Paramount Plus told us that it doesn't fit their new global strategy. And then he says we are deeply butthurt. And he goes on to talk about it uh, very candidly. Um, I think the goal with them would be to see if any other studios want to make it now, because right, sure. if they're already in pre-production, it would be stupid for some other studio not to just go, okay, yeah, here's the money. You guys go produce it. We've, we've bought the rights. Um, I wonder if Paramount Plus for some reason owns the rights so that they're not able to do that. I don't know, but uh, it's a bummer because I really liked Workaholics, and I think uh, if they were planning on making a movie, let them make the movie. I was a fan of you Workaholics know? as well. I'm yeah. a fan of Adam Devine. I like that yeah. whole group. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say um, about In that. super depressing news, Alex Kurtzman and Patrick Stewart suggested in an interview the other day that Star Trek Picard might actually continue past oh this upcoming season. I don't think that's the a poster idea. for this upcoming season says the final season on it. And uh, we're going to unfortunately have to watch this final season 
or this season of Picard because it's got all our people in it and we got to see what they're doing. But it's uh, it, Kelly, I'm, you I'm, can always throw I'm on old episodes it. of Next Gen, man. I know. That'll always I'm be there dreading it. But uh, welcome to my nightmare from the Star Wars movies. Yeah, uh, right. But uh, I will say, I don't care anything about X Men, but. I would so much rather see Patrick Stewart continue to play Professor X oh, yeah. as he gets older oh, than yeah. Picard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just for the record. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing that out 100%. there. 100%. Anyway. Um, CNN canceled the Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy show, which is a bummer because I really love yeah, that show. Yeah, that's a drag. I love um, Stanley Tucci. And uh, lastly in the news, uh, James Gunn, you know, he took over the DC Extended sure. Universe. And, Cut uh, off the heads of everybody. Yeah, apparently formally. he went to Henry Cavill and said, you're not coming back as Superman. And Black Adam, uh, which had just come out, and then Henry Cavill had a cameo at the end, you know, introducing him to be sure. coming back as Superman. Sure. Um, basically, it sounds like uh, James Gunn went to The Rock, uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson, and said, Black Adam does not fit into our sure. universe and so we have no plan on using him or this superman uh, right at all and so that's kind of a gut punch but it's it, i i do I like a shit about <laughs> yeah i do like the idea of like writing a ship if you're gonna do something take a big swing and try to do it right and i think that james gunn probably has a much better idea of what that, to do that would be my thought too man like here's the thing does it suck for a lot of people? Yes. Look, yes. I, I liked um, whatever her name is who played Wonder Woman. I thought she mm-hmm. did a good job. I, I think Henry Cavill just seems like such a genuine good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and the the thing that sucks is the timing of him just being reintroduced. <laughs> That's very and weird. Saying, hey, we're coming <laughs> back and people weird. being excited. That said. There's almost no one out there that's been like everyone acknowledges DC has shit the bed yeah, where they, Marvel they has suck. just knocked it out of the park, <laughs> and everyone keeps saying, "Why can't you do something like that?" Marvel, like what Marvel did. So, if it, you, have I don't to, even, you have I don't to even start from want ground them zero. to do. I, I don't care. A Marvel thing. I don't care. But I'm just saying, you have to start from ground zero. It has not worked. Yeah. You have been on the wrong course for a long time. Not yeah. to say that there haven't been moments. And look, I have nothing against The Rock either, and I'm sure he'll bounce back and be fine. Sure. But I just think, yeah, you start from scratch, man. Like you, you, yep. you scratch all this stuff off the list. Just got to do it, and you work. It's no different than Andrew Garfield stopping being Spider-Man. I know they realized, they found a way to bring him back in, yeah, you in know, a weird in a way. Cool way. Yeah, but yeah. like, you still you don't continue with them. You, you this is the way you, you do gotta it. Just cut and, the cut the head off or rip yeah. the bandaid off or whatever. Sure, yeah, it's it's how it happens. Um, so. I hear you. So uh, trailers and upcoming movies. There have Indy. been a lot of big Indy. trailers. Indie is the big trailer. Sure. Um, did that scare you or did you enjoy it? Let me ask you how you feel about indie now after seeing the trailer. What, have your thoughts changed? Are you the exact same space? Um, I know I'm throwing it back to you. I love uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think um, I think that's really good casting. I but am, we knew about that before the trip. No, no, sure. <laughs> I just mean that that what we didn't quite know is like kind of what what kind of a person she's playing and and like what she would look like and how yep. she would be and so for her to come in and be like, you know, I'm, you know, she's a, she's a treasure hunter. Or she's a, she's an archeologist also. And she's related somehow. His goddaughter God, or granddaughter. You know, or even though that, who knows what it yeah. actually all is, but it's all very satisfying. I guess is my point is that is, that is exactly who I wanted her to be. I wanted her to occupy that space. 
and let her be awesome because she's awesome. And then, you know, Harrison, I thought, looked and sounded better than I expected him to look in this trailer. He is um, there is a lot of CG in this trailer, and I, lot. That it worries chase. me. That there's, a, there's a lot of elements boy, oh, of the trailer where I'm like, oh, this is really heavy CG. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be bad. Sure. It just means that it's a little heavy on that when... Uh, and also the half that's kind of what ruined the fourth one sure so, well know. part of it yeah and At the half second uh, moment where you see a de-aged indie he looked great yeah. to yeah. me yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. I, again that's such a quick clip it's hard a lot to know of times how that stuff plays does not hold movie. up right, yeah, when you're right. watching full scenes right um i have the same concerns i have from the beginning I, I there were parts of the trailer i was excited about there were certainly parts where i was scared about and i was hoping it would all be excitement sure um and it wasn't uh i really love john reese davies coming back and his whole dialogue to start on i miss the desert and indie those days have passed perhaps not um i worry that this is going to be dial of destiny is going to be the time travel story um that may be the perfect indie movie for it's you a dial. actually if it's we a have a clock you know it's a dial, dial of destiny you dial it this way um, to one time you dial it this way yeah. to another time um yeah. so so that's not the story Whatever. i would have chosen any more than the aliens from Alien. yeah right Mention, exactly none yeah. of this tracks with what the first three were which was all you know very kind of spiritual and yep. sort of you know yep. that, that kind of thing supernatural yeah um so i i feel like that would be another step in the wrong direction if that was to happen not to say sure. that it won't be good there were moments i laughed as, as silly as it is i really laughed hard at the last the uh, little bit. beat yeah, yeah with gift it's kind of silly but uh, yeah but what? but it's but it's, it's in fine. key within you know what it they've is, done yeah. so i don't know um flashbacks where they're de-aging him is one thing time travel is a different uh yeah, thing right. and um and we'll see man i mean look i'll be there um i'm a little beyond getting all up in arms and, yeah, and right. as i said the only thing that really bugs me about indie continuing is that Last Crusade is such a perfect ending to a trilogy and a mm-hmm. cap off for the whole story, but they already messed that up. So, yeah, right. So, so to this me, this is not of, the one messing yeah, that up. And yeah, and these are episodic, and I know Star Wars is also episodic, but the story still arcs. It's one mm-hmm. big arc, mm-hmm. and these aren't. So that's the other thing. Especially where this when has last never bothered one, they me. introduce a son and they introduce yeah. Marion, yeah. you know, again, and they get married. And so it's like, where and is that's all why that going to land? This has never bothered me the way that like a Star Wars does on continuing when you maybe shouldn't. It's mm-hmm. just different. It's uh, it's like James Bond. James Bond goes on. Right. Uh, you we know, expect and continue, that. And, and that's fine. We assume. Yeah. It. Yeah. So anyway. Even when he's dead, he goes on. I mean, you know, <laughs> some fun trailers that have come out in the last few weeks. Cocaine Bear is. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I don't know if that'll be good. It's crazy. It's certainly a it's, fun idea. It's not. It's a fun idea. The trailer it, may be the best thing about it. The idea. It, it the may not be good at all. But what um, I love is people that don't understand that when they say this is based on a true story, it's based on the fact that a bear ate a bunch of cocaine and somebody made a meme that said for 30 minutes before that bear's heart exploded, he was the most dangerous apex predator on the planet. That's all that it's based on. That's it's funny. not, you know, this, this whole it's thing. It's not like it. a true and, and God yeah. bless him. Anyways. I had some friends that were like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. I was like, it's not real guys. Yeah, right, Let's right. go see it, but it's not real. Yeah. Sharknado. Um, but yeah, right. Barbie had a teaser. Uh, Barbie is probably <laughs> going to be the movie of the year. F- funny, honest, funny teaser, you. funny teaser. Um, the whole 21, 65, is it not great trailer? But it's not interesting. a great trailer. But it's I, a bad trailer. In but fact. I'm I'm curious. But I'm very interested, and I expect yeah. a better trailer. For um, me. We got a new one uh, from uh, Ari Aster. Uh, Bo is afraid. Um, yeah, and that looks with, like very kind of Michelle Gondry. Right? It's very like weird, and it's got a lot of like. Yeah, I'm curious. Fantasy elements or something. <clears throat> Definitely uh, a little bit different than maybe his other ones, which I'm not a big fan of him. I didn't really care about her. Hereditary I liked. 
Midsummer I did not like. I'm not um, a fan at all, but I think that that's because of who I am and what I want. Sure. I, I think he's good. 100%. Hard. Uh last couple um did you see the Champions trailer? Uh the uh Bobby Farrelly movie with Woody Harrelson? Oh, yeah. With the with the uh, uh the basketball team yes. like the yes. uh, special needs uh, and, basketball team. And I'll be there. I'm for it. It looks it looks great. I'm and there for it. You know me, is, I want more sports. This movies. is the type of comedy that we just don't get anymore like a small good good-natured comedy straight comedy and i can't wait um well that. and to piggyback on that we don't get sports movies either like right. I, like i've talked about we, there was a real sweet spot in the 80s and 90s where we had two or three of these a year right and if you're a sports fan or not there were a lot of great ones and um, sure. now they find different angles and ways to kind of tell different stories around the sport and i, I realize this is a little bit of that but at least it's going to be about him coaching this team in the season you know sure. in the spirit of a you know bad news bears or uh you know uh what mighty ducks or whatever you want to call right, it. Right. Um, and I'm excited about it. And I like Woody and I like the concept and I think it'll be sweet and funny. Exactly. Hope, sweet so. is definitely the word. Um, and then lastly, did you see the trailer for history of the world part two? Yes, of course. <laughs> and everybody, how crazy, how and crazy, I, and I, you know what? I'm stoked. Who knows? It'll yeah, be good or it won't, but I'm, I'm Mel Brooks stoked is 118 years old. Oh so it's God. The trailer made me laugh so hard and I showed it to Jess. Did, he, did just, you ever talk to him at Sony? Did you ever no. interact with him? I did only had, I had one. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, I'm so jealous. and yeah, and it was it was so uh, because he was on a golf cart. So when they're on a golf cart, you yeah. they're moving and you can't really interact very much. But I had a group and I was um, I was back by where Happy Madison used to be, and he uh, he came around the corner on a golf cart, and it was just him in the passenger seat, and then a driver who I didn't recognize, and he points at me in the front of the group, and he goes, "Hey, look, it's Mel Brooks," and he pointed at me and said. That. And, I, I, and then, then I pointed back at him and I went, Hey guys, look, it's Mel Brooks. <laughs> and everyone went, Wow. And then he just waved and drove by. And I was like, I am so jealous. And that was it. That was I, it. I, you it was very never quick. told me anything that could make me as jealous. Oh, as that's this fun. <laughs> um, and I, I'm so happy that that happened. He's the greatest. He's the oh, king. Yeah. There is oh, my no God, greater comedic uh filmmaker yeah. ever, in my opinion. I mean, I'm, I can go through his entire filmography with you. Sure. But, I'm the main reason I'm so jealous. I have known from when I was a small child exactly what I would yell at Mel Brooks oh, if which I is ever what? saw him, which is Bluka, which is <laughs> Bluka. from uh, wait, wait, wait. Frankenstein. All right, let's see. I have it. Oh God, I wasn't ready. It's here. <laughs> Sorry, I should have prepped you. I didn't know let's you were bringing is up it this one. Bluka. <laughs> yeah, great. That's uh, great. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy you had that run. That's it. so great. And I'm yeah. excited for this and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so we're done with news and whatnot. We've got a couple of our segments. We're running long today. So you know what I'm not going to do? We're not going to do a Rotten Tomatoes segment. Cool. Um, we'll do it next We time. are going to do um, a, what the, a quick what the fuck did they say. Yeah, let's um, do it. Which, okay, I have to preface that I am, I am not embarrassed, but I want to acknowledge that this in and of itself is not a clip that is necessarily hard to understand what they're saying. It's that I didn't understand the context for this line Got until it. I looked it up today. Got it. And so before I knew the context, it's just a stupid kind of misunderstanding in my head, but I'm curious whether you also had it. It's from Galaxy Quest. Oh, okay. And it's the moment, it's at the very beginning of the movie where they're all in the dressing room and they're about to go out, but they're having an argument. Um, and the argument is uh, that, uh, you know, he goes, did you hear? He booked a, he booked an appearance without us. And then, you know, 
finally Tim Allen comes in and he's, you know, kind of an asshole and he's walking around and he's like, hey, how's it going, guys? Whatever. And so this is the larger clip, which is, uh, you know, a 15 second clip. And then I'll I'll pull just the sound bite okay, as we need it. Um, but basically, there's something Tim Allen says at the end of this where he says it very fast. And I just didn't understand what he was saying. Okay. I mean, these were just venturers exploring space. This is them. We want these the crew. And they're backstage. You are so full of it, man. It's not a big deal. These guys put a little set in their basement. I'm there about an hour. It, it's nothing. Gwen. What he just said commander. there. I just, he, he rattles through this, you know, phrase. And I'm curious whether you know exactly what he says. It's not a big deal. These guys put a little set in their basement. I'm there about an hour. Do you know what he said? Uh, these guys. Put it's a not little, a big deal. These guys put a little, a little set in their set basement. In their I'm basement. there about an hour. I'm there about an hour. Yeah, that's that's the line, and it's the context is he's talking about the gig that he booked. Yes, and I don't think I ever put that together. I mean, I've seen this movie, you know, dozens of times. Sure, sure. But he's talking about the gig that he booked. That they the appearance he booked without us. These guys built a set in their basement. I'm gonna be there an hour. Is this Wayne's world? They want the commander. Yeah, and you know that's all it is. But when he says it, it's just to me a run-on phrase that I I never knew what he said. I've never once focused and on I that or thought, thought about what he was talking about. I thought that he was talking. I guess because the blocking of the scene is kind of confusing, and he's kind of like pointing out to the audience, sure. and I'm kind of like, wait, wait, is he talking about where they're at? What are sure. they doing? And uh, because the the confusion of the scene is that everyone wants them to come out and they're not coming out. Right. And so I thought he was saying something about the kids that are out there or the, the, you know, the nerds that are out there sure, sure, sure. and it just, none of it made sense to me, but now it does because yeah, the line is, it's not a big deal. These guys built a little set in their basement or put a little set in their basement and I'll, and I'm there about an hour, you know, it's just right, a right. quick gig. That's it. And they want the commander and you know, right, right. it's, he's talking very specifically anyways, that's all. It's not as satisfying as one where you really can't tell what they're saying, but um, I never knew. I never understood it. Um, let me throw some movies at you, and you can tell me if you know the year they came out. Still, um, kind of rapid fire. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is nineteen forty one. Correct. Munich. Munich, I think, is two thousand and five. Correct. Octopussy. Octopussy is nineteen eighty three, the year of my birth, and Correct. also the same year that uh, Never Say Never Again came out. The only year yes. we have two Bond movies. Two Bond movies, one official, one not official. Yeah, you know it. Uh, JFK. JFK is nineteen ninety one. Correct. Almost Famous. Almost Famous is two thousand. Correct. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut is nineteen ninety nine. Correct. All the President's Men. All the President's Men is nineteen seventy six. Correct. Uh, Cruel Intentions. <laughs> Cruel Intentions, I think, is 1999. Correct. Platoon. Platoon is 1986. Correct. And last but not least, The African Queen. African Queen, I believe, is 1985. So I have an old... I, I don't know if there are many versions of this. Oh, this wait a minute. This is wait an a older wait one. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Sorry. I would like a, a chance to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over. I'm going to give you that. When you said that, yeah. I was thinking out of Africa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, okay, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different I was thing. like, there might be a remake. Um, I don't know about. African Queen, I think, is 44? 
1951. Oh, wow. So you're nine for 10 on this. Way off. You did really good. You did really good. Thanks, man. I felt Um, good about that. That was great. That was great. Good job. Um, I, uh, only thing I have left is a hidden gem. Uh, how are you feeling? Do you have a hidden gem? No, you give us a hidden gem this time because I'm excited to hear yours. So, uh, this is a movie that I totally credit TikTok. I have no other reason to know about this movie, but I saw TikTok a few weeks ago that was like, Hey, have you seen this movie? It's so weird. And no one has ever heard of it. It's called Miracle Mile. I don't know this movie. 1988, the year of my birth. And I can't stress enough that you've got to see this weird, weird movie. Okay. Um, the, uh, let me just uh, bring up the, the page so I can talk about it for a second. Um, Considering how long we've lived in L.A. and that I love movies about L.A., yes, this is very specifically about the Miracle Mile section, you know, of Wilshire Boulevard, right. Right, right. essentially, that is in kind of mid-city. And uh, it came out in 1988. It's a short movie. It's an hour and 27 minutes. It's a rated R movie. And it was written and directed by a guy named Steve Jar Jaranat. Um, he doesn't have a very dense resume of things that we care about. It's kind of when you, when you watch the movie, you're like, yeah, I get why he didn't do a lot else. Um, because it's, it's not in and of itself a substantial movie, but it's a little, um, nostalgic bubble of LA that is so, like I'm trying to think of what other movies occupy this space in my head. Um, it 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 just it like paints L.A. in a little bit of a of a um, kind of a magical way in a way, um, and it is very bizarre. I I'm, I hesitate to tell you what it's about because it's so much more satisfying if you don't yeah, know no, what don't it's tell about. Me. I got it on my list. I'll check um, it out. You know if it's available on anything right so now? So it's really hard to find it. It's That's a very obscure movie. And some of the um, places that you can see it, it's in really bad quality. And there are, I have a version of it that's better quality. I think I bought it on Apple and it was the worst quality one. Okay. Meaning it like wasn't even high def. Right. I think if you get it on maybe Amazon, it's better um, or I can give you my copy, but it's, it's so weird. And um, I don't know, man, okay. it's just, it's, it, I, I can't even tell you what it's about without uh, spoiling it, but it's a hidden gem um, recommendation. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out and you should too. It stars Anthony Edwards. Um, and then, uh, there are uh, plenty of people, um, well, I like Anthony Edwards. I'll tell you uh, plenty of people that you recognize Denise Crosby's in it. Um, there's plenty of people I don't know at all. Um, but, um, I don't know. I, I can't wait to talk to you about it. If you can see it soon, sure. it's a short yeah. one and it's really weird. Uh, maybe Jess will like it too, just cause it's a weird eighties movie. She's usually in, was she born in 88 or 89, 89, 89. Well, it's the around last Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's like it, it's, it's deep inside me for some reason, just because of the era. Sure. Of um, course. Yeah. And, uh, and it's so much like fun LA stuff. Well, I love pits, movies and I love and, LA movies. Uh, the so. Johnny's, uh, diner on the sure, corner. Yeah. Hell yeah. All that stuff is like big. I'm already going to be into the setting yeah, yeah, and into yeah. the tone. Yeah. I can tell you that. Um, well, I just want to say before we sign off, I don't know if you have anything else, but my mom just texted me. I loved a man called Otto. 
Oh yeah, I didn't see it yet. Tom Hanks was as good as I expected. So no, anyway, that's that is a uh, I am recommendation. Hear, I am from hearing Diane good things uh, about a man called Otto. It's a foreign so. film. A lot of people liked that it's based mm-hmm. on. So right. you know, right. there's that at least. Um, well, that's wonderful. Thank you for uh, indulging us for this long, and I hope that gives you some recommendations for stuff to watch. And um, episode fifty six, baby. That was fifty six. We did it. Jess, we'll I'm coming soon. home, honey. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs>